This is Bill Mosley, and I listen to the Skeleton Crew. I like to keep my standards low. That way I'm never disappointed. Hi, Mr. Bill? Mr. Bill? Hi. 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 Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Halloween week. It's good to be back in the dungeon. Yes. Let's reintroduce ourselves. My name is Alex, as you know, and I'm here with the lovely Jamie Sammons. What's up, Jamie? I am so excited to be here. I can't even stand it. All those boneheads out there. I love that they wait around for us. That just makes me so happy. And is no one gonna make gonna make the statement that we are the real three from hell. Oh, oh. shit! You just did. I just. Wow. Did. I didn't give anybody else a chance. I just did it. Well, it surely isn't the three that were in that movie. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> two from hell and some other guy. <laughs> some other douche. That's funny. Uh, and you heard him, the man, Dan Chaz. Chase. <laughs> uh, there's cobwebs in this dungeon, guys. <clears throat> yeah, let's sift through the cobwebs. Let's <laughs> sit down. Let's get these mics warmed up. <laughs> I mean, it is a dungeon. I guess it's fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you would expect cobwebs here. <laughs> Thank you for oiling my shackles before we came back because that was I was really concerned about chafing. Oh, that's not oil. Oh, <laughs> whatever. That's good for the skin. <laughs> you have no skin. <laughs> this is bones. Oh, damn it! <laughs> it's just a total waste. It's all about Dan. I forgot we're skeletons again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know how you just did that. <laughs> Oh, no, you still get a bone or I don't know. Okay. Well, we're always nervous to doing this because, you know, I'm so nervous I'll be rusty with you guys with the chemistry and everything because it's been a year. What Uh, do you mean? We do a show every week. (laughs) Oh, right. I'll be honest, though. We haven't talked horror horror in a while, Alex. Like, I'm so glad, though, that uh, you saw these collection of movies that we're going to – 
that we're gonna that we're gonna review here soon because um there's been some good ones this year for sure. There's been a lot of fucking shit, but there's been some great entries for this year. Yeah, well, let's tell everybody what they're in store for. There's just some of the stuff <clears throat> we're gonna obviously veer off, but we're gonna talk about American Horror Story slasher 1984 or some yes, whatever. <laughs> We're going to talk about Bates Motel. Oh, wait. Oh, no, wait. It's over. <laughs> we're, Not in my heart. We're going to talk about Happy Death Day. Oh, no, wait. That's just me who just discovered that. <laughs> no, wait. Real quick. Did you like the second one? You know, everyone's telling me about that. I did not get around to that oh, somehow. Got to see that one, bro. Maybe, maybe for next year. I prefer the first one, but I think the second one is still is really fun. Yeah, it's different for sure. Oh, good. Right. We're going to get into Three from Hell. We're going to try to do like a semi-full review of that. (laughs) Semi-hard. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is fun because on the crew, on the crew, we can be nasty. Yeah, for real. We can cuss. We can just be like normal. Whereas like on Married with Children, we have to keep it, you know, family friendly. Yeah, it's like Rob Zombie made this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Married with Children's John Carpenter, and this is Rob Zombie's version. But a little, little behind the scenes though, we do, we do drop some, some f bombs and stuff. But they got to be worth it because we know Alex is gonna have to go back and edit it out. So we, so we gauge how. All right, is this gonna be funny enough? (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) If there's a payoff, right? Exactly. Sorry, dude. (laughs) <laughs> to quote, this is like one of my favorite quotes about Rob Zombie's Halloween. I think it kind of applies to the skeleton crew. Yeah. It's like if someone drew tits on the Mona Lisa and wrote fuck you in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> drew a dick in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine if we did this every week on Married Children, what that show would be? Tyler would oh. dig it. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty raunchy. He would dig it. <laughs> Like, I wonder if our cleanliness turns people off. Because I think our material's still the same edge to it. We just don't say those words. <clears throat> I think yeah, I, I equate it to the show that we're talking about, you know? Yeah, one of the same kind of, like, fun vibe Al Bundy has, you know? I mean, I didn't want it to be, like, totally... And horror is what we're doing now. Think about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, on this show, I can say, Steve, fuck that bitch. You know, <laughs> shit like that. Like it's fun. <laughs> we're having a good time. Can you imagine if we were a marriage other? We're like, so do you think that Marcy wanted to fuck Steve and Jefferson at the same time when they were in the bedroom? Can you imagine if we were talking like that? God, it would be a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah, yes. it would be the skeleton crew, huh? right? Exactly. <laughs> Only talking about married with children. Right. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> we should do a show like that one day. Like we should just pick three or four episodes to kind of like encapsulate and just do a Patreon of like <laughs> the skeleton crew version of Married Children. I'm so down. Can you imagine if people were so turned off that they stopped listening <laughs> to the regular show? <laughs> but they can't be because most of our patrons listen to the skeleton crew. Correct. Oh, really? I hadn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Tyler, Scott, they all listen to Skeleton Crew. And we thank you for it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, everybody is very excited about our show. And we do want to come out with an apology. <laughs> People even po- – I think Abraham Ram, the Ram Man, posted the best part about the new It movie is that 
there's a new Skeleton Crew episode coming oh, out. Oh, man. I felt so bad when I realized that will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Right at the time we were doing it, Jamie, you got sick for like a whole week, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was already a week since the movie came out because it came out at some day during the week or whatever. Then it took us like four or five days to see it. Then she was sick for a week. So at that point, you know, it's been like two weeks. (laughs) Then I forgot about it. So I had to go see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Everybody else kind of jumped. They did the thing we used to do where we were like really into releasing a show instantly if it's about a big movie that just came out. Right. So, you know, kind of felt like we're late to the party anyway with that. It was kind of dumb. And then we just said, you know what, let's just throw it in the Halloween show. It's Halloween. Fuck it. Skeleton Crew, disappointing listeners for six years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're doing one show a year and still somehow disappointing people. (laughs) You're welcome. We found a way. <laughs> Again, just real, to everyone out there, everyone out there, I just love you so much. I just want you to know that. I love these guys. I love that people are excited to hear this because I'm excited to do it. I cannot explain how thrilled I am to be here. I was so exhausted when I got home. I have worked so much the last week. Yeah. And mm. I am about dead. I actually had to will myself to take every step that I took at work today. Like I had to <laughs> But then as soon as I got on the mic, I am wide open. And Why? Oh. oh. That... <laughs> okay. You hear you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and that is just a testament first. to how excited I am to be doing the crew. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I love fucking you guys, so there's that. (laughs) You're going to love it tonight. I I, I like it. And Jamie likes it. (laughs) Yeah, asshole. This is great. Nah, there it is. (laughs) We don't disappoint nobody. Okay, guys. See you next year. Bye. About as good as it gets, guys. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to peddle the same shit next year. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do the reboot. People are listening. They're like, damn, still no new material, huh? <laughs> they're like, where's where's the little Oliver kid? Where's, where's Seven? Where's Oliver Tree? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get to the show then. Um, <clears throat> it's October. It's Halloween. And guess what? Everyone's talking about Halloween again. Everyone's talking about Michael Myers because he is the king of Halloween. No matter how much Sam tries, I'm sorry. He never made a sequel. You're not as amazing as the original Halloween. So, <laughs> good movie, though. Yeah, no, it's definitely solid, but yeah, we we all know. Yeah, you're just not Michael Myers. So Yeah, he, he definitely is the king, though, for sure. And when I know something crazy, I actually saw Halloween on the big screen this year. Ooh, how was it? It was fucking amazing, I gotta say. And I'm not just saying that, too, because I, I gotta be honest with you, I've seen that fucking movie so many damn times. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it still works on me. It still works. It, it, it puts me into that Halloween spirit. But I'm watching it, and it was a completely different experience. Completely wow. different. First of all, I, I, I really, I mean, I know it sounds kind of like a basic comment, to, for somebody to say when after they saw it on the big screen but the cinematography is just dope as hell in that movie and i really do appreciate it after seeing it like that it was it was fucking amazing and i was completely enthralled in it it was dope 
Yeah, I would like to see it like that, man. But then I ended up seeing The Shining in 4K because you know how they did the re-release uh, recently. Right. And they also released it uh, in theaters as well. And that was just fucking mind-blowing as well. Like, holy wow. shit. So I never really got a chance to do that. Um, I, I, I went to a couple, you know, little uh, film marathon things up in Boston before. But um, but nothing nothing like this. So that was pretty fucking awesome, I must say. Yeah, there should be more places that do like uh, old movie screenings and stuff. I know there, I know there's an, an amount, but it's definitely not. There's not an abundance of it for sure. Right. Yeah. I guess they don't think there's a real market for it, but I think. Well, see, my dream. This is what I want to do. I want to open a theater that is a strictly horror themed theater, but that oh. also has a bar, Ooh. and Ooh. that all I do is horror all the time. Yes. And Brian doesn't. Brian doesn't think that it, that it'll work. He's like, it's too niche. Like you won't be able to make any money. And I'm like, I don't agree. I feel like if if I get the word out, then people would come. Right. And and would you play the new movies to the new horror movies, Jay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would just that be, might I, be big. I would do new stuff, and then I would do oh, and I want to do like themed weekends right. and you right. know. Um, just all like events, like all kinds of right. cool events, maybe even some concerts or something. Or, I mean, just have a venue and do, but it'd be like mainly just all horror stuff. That's what I want. And then I have like, um, I want to have like a horror memorabilia section too that. Yeah. Buy a Freddy glove. This is what, that's, <laughs> that's like my big dream. That's what I really want to do. So. Buy a Don Post Michael Myers mask. <laughs> it's on post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Complete with red bucket. <laughs> I'll just make my own. I'll get a whole bunch of William Shatner masks and paint them white. And <laughs> <laughs> It's as easy as that. Hell yeah. That, that would work. I'd go. Yeah, we would. It sounds great in theory, but I, I see what he's saying. Like, a lot of things I think would be huge and great and big hits and great ideas. Um, I've come to find out that things that I'm into, the, the whole world really is not. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've found out that I'm into that p- most people are not is horror. Like, we can't comprehend that because we're surrounded by people every day on Facebook and uh-huh. Instagram and whatever. And we think, oh, yeah, everyone's like this. But I'm telling you, no one is into this shit. Nobody. I'll say this, though. Um, September, October, that place would be bumping. That place mm-hmm. would be through the so here's well, of the thing. Course. When, when it was re-released, obviously uh, re-released. You know what I'm saying? Though when it was on the big screen and we're watching yeah. it, there were a lot of people where literally they thought we were watching a movie about Camp Crystal Lake. Like it was, it, it you could tell like they were they were not horror fans at oh, all. Oh yeah, of course. They're like it, but it was it was fun for me though. Like it was still funny to me. But the place was packed. The place was packed, so you'd have to factor in, you know, how much you would get those, the whatever, the prints for, or whatever they got to rent them out for, or whatever, and um, and figure that out. But if you kept it like solid movies, classic movies that everybody loves, uh, I I think you could definitely sustain it, and then do like an action night where you show all the Rambo's or something. Yeah, just to get you. That's the that's a genius idea because you actually need nights like that to really keep yourself afloat. You're not going to survive on horror alone. Just that alone? No. Keep that as your base though, like Jamie said. Oh yeah. No, Got to right. keep it horror. Right. Oh yeah. Jamie's like, "Don't tell me. I'm opening it." <laughs> no, you would think I think she's right, but I, I I'm a I realize the world doesn't think like me and 
Also, too, where I'm at now, that's the thing, too. I live in Iowa now. Crazy, right? Uh, for somebody who hasn't listened to Married with Children or doesn't follow me on Facebook or whatever. But now that I'm in Des Moines, there's like 13 movie theaters. So, like, for sometimes for events like this, you will have to drive like 20 minutes or whatever. But um, it's usually a limited thing in theaters. And, and I know people are big on that, too. And I'm, and I'm really seeing why. It's because it really does add to the whole experience of it. It's oh, yeah. definitely cool, man. Mm-hmm. Especially when you cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bucket. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Halloween. Now, I know people are going to go crazy and, and say, you must be kidding me right now, after they had to wait a year from the last show. But I do want to say a few small things about Halloween 2018. Oh, I just watched it last night. Perfect. I want to call it one year later. What do we think? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's still a very good movie. But I realize that I can almost not sit through like four scenes of dialogue. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what it is. I start to get like antsy and my head gets hot and I start rubbing my forehead and looking around the room mm-hmm. when these scenes are on and <clears throat> I, I just I don't understand how they could be written so poorly when <laughs> this is such a big deal and it's a it's a event kind of a movie and you've had so long to do it mm-hmm. and all this other stuff so so the and some of them are small and they only last a minute right is but it all character that, stuff though it's I don't know well okay ready so the first one <laughs> is when these kids meet up in the school hallway and they're by the locker and then he's like talking to the girl and the the kid with the big head comes over and he kisses him and he said you got your chapstick crusties on me and then they get into this whole thing about he's act they're like pretending that they were going to the dance together both guys and the ones pretending he's crushed that he's he's not doing he's not going with him and he's like i can't believe it man like you just ditch me like that it's just not you know and he keeps going through this whole thing and the they go pan back to the girl's boyfriend, and even he looks like he want, he's uncomfortable and wants to get out of this. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> and what he's doing is what I'm feeling when this is going on. <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And then you got the one scene of the guy, and everybody's been bringing this up lately. And I, I gotta say, I really never thought this was funny. When the guy goes, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis. Like, I never thought that was funny. No. Yeah, now I really don't. <laughs> I mean, just who would? It's just so unnatural. Who would say that? No one. And you didn't right. actually get it on your penis. It's on your pants. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. 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 And and I just don't get it. Like, and I understand some people have that outrageous sense of humor. Like I kind of had it when I was younger, even on this show. Mm-hmm. Like I would say things just for shock value, but I just don't see him doing that as. As funny as he thinks he is, like with the the talk about oh, once you marry this hillbilly, you know, then you get pregnant, then you have uh, you sit on the porch with a shotgun, then he has you clean. Oh, you're cleaning his guns, going in this truck or whatever. I don't know. Like even that, that was okay, but that humor is okay too, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. Right. But then we get to like the next thing is with this kid with the the gag with the motion detector. Right. Oh. I cannot sit through this. When he's talking to the girl and he goes to kiss her and she goes, get the fuck away from me. And he goes, come on. 
at school, all these hot girls, they were feeding me marmalade in all these sexy ways, and I have a, I had a boner, and I'm drunk, and uh, I just really like you, and uh, <laughs> oh, hi, Mr. Albert. Well, I'm not trying to be in your yard, man. Right. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm just... I'm just having a bad day, dude. And I'm like, oh, please fucking kill me or end this scene, please. <laughs> the only worthy line out of that whole exchange is, did you ever want a girl that you just couldn't have? Like, that was the only semi bit of humor there. And even then, it barely makes sense because Michael wouldn't even remember that he couldn't kill Lori because mm -hmm. it's not his sister anymore. Right, right. So he really wouldn't think about it that way. If it was his sister, that would be a really good joke. And the real tragedy is, uh, you know, it'd be one thing if he was annoying and then it was like a great kill, like, oh, that fat fuck got it. But but it's <laughs> right. it's, it's it's an off-screen kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you come back to see him dead, right? Yeah. Like, the, Michael the, stabs him, but nothing that we see, right? That was, um, that was Lacey's biggest problem with several of these movies with the off-screen kills. Like, why would you... What? Like this is yeah, we're Halloween. Watching the movie. So, and here's here's my thing too, and I, I don't mean to get off that one, but about the sequels and stuff because the names have been announced, and the next one being Halloween Kills. Bold name, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so to me though, I'm like, all right, maybe they're just gonna go ultra fucking violent with this one. Who knows? Maybe they're going for a big death count because. Oh, and we also know it's back at. Uh, had a memorial hospital. Do you guys like that angle? Wait, wait, before we get into that, can I just complain about one more thing? Please do. Actually, two more. Okay, go. Okay. The other lame-ass scene is when the cop is at the pinball machine with the guy talking to him. Yes. And he's like, man, you ain't gonna be my score. You ain't gonna be my score, man. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, seriously, you guys had all this time and this is what you're writing? <laughs> right. Even that is... I would rather him lean against that pinball machine and be like... Damn, man, so Michael Myers is back. This motherfucker, didn't he kill Mother? And get right. into this whole history, maybe even dive into things we don't know. Right, and, right. And add to it, right? So then the most god-awful scene of this movie that is the worst fucking writing, I think, out of every Halloween movie, is these two fucking cops in the car talking about a bottom meat sandwich. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard a conversation like this? <laughs> it adds nothing to anything. Right. It doesn't add to my enjoyment. It doesn't add to the lore. It doesn't add to the feeling of Halloween. It doesn't add to these characters. Right. It doesn't add anything but minutes. You know, I think to the cops in like Scream 4, Adam Brody and Anthony Anderson, and even they're commenting on, you know, the fact that like it's a meta situation and still commenting about things happening in the movie. Oh, way better. Way better. You're right, yeah. And then you think of something like this and it's just like, wait, what? Now, here, here's what – all right. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy or maybe I'm too forgiving that I would go to this in my head. But I always looked at stupid things put in movies like this as kind of homages to all the dumb shit in the rest of them. <laughs> like, like throwbacks to, to the dumb cops in five, even. Or like, because here, here's what we know about these. These guys are fans. Now, 
that's great. But now it's all about people's expectations of what that means. So people mm. want certain things from, oh, well, if you're going to call yourself a fan or whatever, th- th- they are fans. Like, I-, I don't think that's really debatable, but it's all about their no. approach. And their approach was very uh, deliberate in its uh in its mundane conversations like that. Like, because there are a few of them, you know? And, but oh, there's I, like five of them. I right. noticed that in a lot of movies, though. I don't know if it's like filler. I don't know if it's like to, to for like a comedy thing to set a tone. I don't know, but I did notice that on Rewatch too. And I was, uh, I, I did it, think to myself, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> they don't age. These con- these small talk conversations don't age well. Right. And then somebody brought up, oh, but you think it's good? Oh, I got my math book, my English book, and who really needs books anyway? I mean, does anybody really even have their books? I'm like, dude, that lasted 30 seconds. It was when you're supposed to be focusing on something else. Right. And it was once. Right. I, I just cited like five conversations that were mind-numbingly horrible. Right. And as like... And you're supposed to focus on them. You're, at the time that she's saying that, that's just background that's supposed to fade out. And you're supposed to be looking at Lori, look at Michael, drive around the corner. Yeah, right. I'm so glad you said that though, because in that scene, like it's a pretty long scene when they're walking when they're walking home from school. But mm-hmm. man, you get to know those characters very well. And when she's like, "I forgot my math book," my like that is setting up her character for the rest of the movie perfectly. That is her in a nutshell, right? right and we got see. to know these characters. But my problem with with the new one too, I didn't connect to any of the characters except Lori. I mean, that's kind of automatic for me. Yeah, it's a different version. Uh, but anybody else, like especially the kids, like you, you mentioned all those high school scenes. And, and I feel like just like a spectator, like like looking from the outside, like I don't get what's going on, but this is what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt. No connection to the characters in that one. No. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully they can go stronger with the, with the sequel. Because let's face it, we're all going to fucking see them. Let's face it, baby. These days you got to have a sequel. There are super talented, really funny writers out there that, that could have totally taken all those scenes and totally revamped them all right and and made them really funny uh-huh. instead of this treading water thing like oh god right. but no still good movie i still enjoy it i just roll my eyes at every one of those scenes and they're not aging well and they're, dude you, you still know. you still didn't mind the opening though right or was that a tr- <laughs> i watched that again and i can't get past that what do you when they scream at him on the chessboard Show me! Or, uh, wait, what does he say? T- uh, say something! Yeah, exactly. Like, it was just so... And then the opening title sequence comes in like that. Like, uh... Like, you're supposed to feel, like, something when that happens. Like, that's an opportunity. Anytime you have a title sequence that can come in hot like that, I'm not saying that you need to start with a kill. The one problem is that it cuts to the opening theme way too fast he's like say something (laughs) it's so abrupt another second it's off-putting would have made the whole thing different say something you know like that would have been way better instead it's like say something right it's like whoa dude relax Exactly. Put it back in your pants, man. Like, you have another second here. Right? Chill out. So, Jamie, how do you feel about this new Halloween Kills taking place in Haddonfield Memorial Hospital? It might be shot in the same hospital, I think. I don't know. I have to... I, are you thinking, why are we doing this again? We did it already? No. No, I'm... Based on how 2018 came out, uh, I, I'm just... I have faith. I'm not concerned. I really love... 
Halloween 2018. So mm. I just don't see them messing anything up. And so I'm excited about everything. I hope they keep the same exact mask. You would imagine this will not continue where they have new masks right. every movie, right? Oh, God, no. Well, they they had enough sense to do it right this time, so I'm sure they'll keep up that trend. They clearly were as pissed as everybody else <laughs> and how the mask changed. Well, and that that's one thing, though, too. I know uh, we didn't really know if it was going to get a sequel. I know we assumed because it is, it is a well-made movie, obviously. Now, they came out and they said they're making two more. That's pretty that's pretty bold, but at the same time, I'd rather them recognize that clearly somebody's going to take over the franchise again and again till the end of time. Like th- hmm. these are our modern day Frankenstein, our mo- you know? Like the- these are the Oh, those were all made 100 times since then. Yeah. Exactly. So they're going to keep doing it. So they're like, "All right, this is what we need." to tell our arc, our story within this universe and not worry about it and have it fizzle out or whatever. They're making three of them. And I believe the next two, uh, they just got done shooting it. And I think they're shooting them like back to back or close to it. Oh, good. Yeah. So if they fuck up the mask now, like that's a big problem. (laughs) That means a lot of things. One, they better not leave a cliffhanger of Michael's dead in the next one. Because we know he's not. Right. 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 Exactly. Two, it's important the arc of Laurie Strode. Yep. As far as what happens in this one. Right. And and as back to the mask, he was in a fiery basement. So I, I'm curious as to how they're going to play this because that mask only looks like that because it's the original supposed mask. Right, right, right. It can't look the same ageness. And, and how would he possibly find another mask? Mm-hmm. Ageness. Ageness. <laughs> <laughs> we make up words here. You know that. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, I'm very curious as this whole mask situation. And and there's also supposedly a flashback in this new movie because somebody leaked a photo of Michael walking around with a original William Shatner mask on. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so is there anything else to touch on with Halloween or should we move on to the other 18 topics? <laughs> hey man, uh, like I said, I'm just glad that uh, they're making new movies again. You know, I know there's been many years where we don't get Halloween movies, and they're they're being they're they're very well made now. So I'm excited. I'm glad that they have two more coming out within this universe that they've set up. So so yeah, man, I'm fucking excited. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> cool. So uh, let's go swerve into something interesting that we never really talk about but I always hint every October let's talk about the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror for 2019 I think they're in season 31 so this is 30th Treehouse of Horror and um, it's episode 666 that's crazy yeah and I read an interview and somebody said what did you have to move around to make sure it landed on 666 he says nothing well that's funny they even make the joke though in the in the episode they're like, or 667 if uh, if Fox changes the screen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I didn't know if um, if it was a new episode when I first clicked on it because they have all the Treehouses of Horror on uh, YouTube TV is what I have. So when I clicked on it, I wasn't sure. So then that came up and I was just like, yes. I was. Wait, I was do they so really? Pissed. What's that? What do you mean? You? What's YouTube TV? What does that mean? 
Uh, YouTube TV is is basically uh, an app, and and yeah, man, you get basically all the channels and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we don't have. Wait, to- do you mean like YouTube? No, no, YouTube TV is uh, separate. It, oh, okay. It has a lot of stuff too. Wow. There's a section with just all the Simpsons Trials of Horrors? Dude, yeah, it's like it so I just typed in Trials of Horrors and it listed all the Yeah, it didn't have every single one, but dude, it had like 25, 30 of them. Yeah, it was a well, lot. That's all of them, dude. Dude, watch the first Dude, you can almost watch most of them, but definitely make sure you watch like the first 10, 15 of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. They're amazing. I I fucking love them, man. And I always um, that's always something that I make sure that I do every year. And uh, I'm I'm really happy because this year I've been fucking plowing through them. It's been <laughs> Mr. Uh, Plow, but uh, but I've been plowing <laughs> through Plow. them. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that name again is Mr. Plow. But uh, but dude, so so this one though, uh, what did you think? Well, it opened up with a, a thing of <clears throat> Maggie Simpson and the, the Omen. I thought that was a nice opener. Pretty solid. That was cool. Then we get to the Stranger Things parody. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought started off really strong. Yep. Uh, I thought the best joke there was when he said <laughs> the kids talking through the lights, like the Christmas lights with the letters <laughs> on the wall. Not now. And then he go, yeah, not now. Me and mommy are having loud talk. <laughs> and he says, go to your room. And then the Christmas lights light up all the way up the stairs right. <laughs> to that he's going to his bedroom. Right. <laughs> and then from there, I, I got to say, like, it looked amazing. It was drawn really amazing and uh, really great imagery. But I didn't think the content was very good good uh-huh i i liked the the same gag that they kept using when those things would just bite their head or bite millhouse's right. leg off <laughs> yeah that was funny <laughs> like, yeah it was really funny like what's uh what's the two guys there the two friends and he's just like oh, he, uh, he, lenny and carl <laughs> yeah that one was the best because he had faith he was like but he ate him but we're still friends and then he just bites his head like he just bites that off, yeah. <laughs> like but see that's the thing like the simpsons always do fun stuff like that i remember i just watched the um Oh, the donut one. The big guy there. It was so good. Lard Lad Donut episode? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, it gave me, like, those vibes. And I don't know. They just have a certain tone with the Treehouse of Horror episodes that, fuck, they're just so much fun. And uh, But, yeah, the Stranger Things one was good. I like how they kept playing the theme. And also, too, I didn't know if it was the new one until uh, in the opening credits it said a Disney Plus production or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, and all yeah the- Disney bought, bought the Simpsons. So they, they made a, a quite a few uh, Disney digs at this one, which is cool because it set the tone right out of the gate, you know? Right. Yeah, just because we're bought by them, we're not going to pander to them. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, we're going to go harder on them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, the first one was really good. And uh, what was the second one? The second one was... Was the second one where Homer died? Yes. And came back? Or was that the third one? Second no, one? That, that was the second one. Yep. Yep. Jamie, did you see any of the Simpsons Trias of Horror? Uh, I saw all of the early ones. I'd say probably until like season 20-something, but nothing recent. Yeah, well, this second one, Homer dies, and then, well, it's a pretty, really good premise. So he's in heaven, and they say, oh, you're not supposed to die yet, so we got to send you back, but your body is already decayed because they threw him in the lake instead of, like, taking care of him. So then they couldn't return him back, so he goes, we'll put you back in a, someone else who just died. 
And then you get to live out your life as that person or whatever. So he comes back as this hunky, like, football player. And then he goes right to Marge, can easily convinces her it's Homer, because, you know, they only have eight minutes to do this. Right. Then Marge gets to have sex with this super hot 20-year-old guy. And by the time she wakes up in the morning, he's he has boxes of donuts in front of him, and he has this big belly again instead <laughs> of these nice abs that he had. She goes, you fucked up your body in one <laughs> night? <laughs> Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so look, that was great, right? Yes. And then when his hair fell out, it was real creepy because it was like on a different face. Yep, yep. But then they made him just Homer again. Right. I didn't like that. My wife didn't like it either. She was like, I want to see these weird people he becomes. Right, totally. There was even a part where the Marge walks in. She goes, I don't even know who you are anymore. And he holds a mirror to his face. And it's um, it's a monkey. But I, I want to see Marge interacting with the monkey and having sex with the monkey and stuff like that. Was he a <laughs> prank monkey? <laughs> no. He was uh, Krusty the Clown's monkey. Oh, that one. You want to see Marge have sex with a monkey? <laughs> did you just say that? He definitely did. He definitely No. No, that's not what I'm really saying. I just want to see these. <laughs> that's just what I said. <laughs> I just said that, but that's not what I'm saying. It's these. I want the interaction to be what he is. I already know what he really looks like. I don't need to be reminded that it's Homer. What? How stupid do you think I am? Right. Exactly. So uh, that was that was good though, but that was my only gripe. Yes. And what was the last episode about? Um, I can't remember. Um. I didn't like I didn't like the third one though I remember oh oh uh, oh oh yeah the yeah. alien uh, one the uh the what is it the alien one yeah but it's uh the what is it shape of water that's what it's okay yeah okay gotcha. so check this out my stupid DVR it stopped recording before it was really over well dude you didn't miss much okay what I saw was so that the guy does the the gaunt. The gauntlet. Yeah, 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 the Thanos. The gauntlet, gauntlet from Thanos, right. Yeah. Everyone disintegrates, Mr. Burns doesn't, and then all of a sudden they cut off. What happened after that? <laughs> Not much. I Like, I don't even remember specifically. It just got really dumb from there. That was my least favorite one by far, and I know they were trying to do the Shape of Water thing too, but uh, yeah, I just wasn't feeling that one at all. Like, at all. And I've got to be honest with you, it's usually, it's usually I like one, maybe two of the segments uh not not too many of the treehouse of horror episodes are fire all the way through all three segments well you mean starting like episode starting at the 17th one or something right right <laughs> oh is that true yeah maybe i need to go back oh dude they're all fine nice except once they're not right <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, I, I told you this before. I always like the Halloween-themed one. You know, I don't like when they just – it's kind of like the scary movie movies where they just went off and they'll parody anything. Like I like oh, it anything. Keep right, it right. just horror. Red Room. Red Room. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said she goes, for now on, I just want to watch The Simpsons where they do Halloween-y stuff. Yes. That's, those are the best ones for me, you know? Um, and I know it's a license to do whatever the fuck you want every year and you can go right. off and it doesn't matter. But at the same time, like, I don't know. That, that's, just, that, that's just my personal preference. But yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely 
try to focus on which ones you're watching so that we could have like a good conversation about this. Cause I feel like you just press anything and then play it and you don't know where you are. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need you to, I need you <laughs> to know that you're watching the good ones. Focus, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could tell me if you don't think those ones are good, then it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll probably. Agree. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you will. They're so Till then your opinion is invalid. <laughs> I yeah. Said- yeah, because I honestly can't imagine you're accurate. Like, you know that you're watching the first few. If you said that only one out of three are good, that's not the case. Yeah, they're so good in the beginning. And see, like, with, with stuff with, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff, like, that's funny because it's timely and whatever. Like, you, you could throw in little stuff like that. I just mean overall themes, you know? Like, when they had Bart <laughs> up in the fucking attic, that one that one episode. Oh, yeah. Like, of course. It's so classic and like with Hugo, yeah. That yeah, yeah, exactly. That that kind of vein. That's the shit that I like. That's the good shit, dude, I'm telling you. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Covered that. Uh let's now should we touch a um well we touched on Halloween. How about we we just, just did a TV show now? Okay, let's go back to a movie. Let's do Brightburn for a little bit. Sure. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah, me too. Nice. Do you think so, Dan? Absolutely. Uh, we did a podcast on this, actually, uh, Jamie and I. And, you know, I was waiting for you to watch it, and I'm so glad you did, Alex, because... Yeah, now I could hear it. <laughs> now you can listen. But, um, but yeah, dude, it, it was so fucking fun. It was so great. Um, I kind of want to see some sequels, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that I there are particular moments that I love. Like the one is obvious, the one that everyone loves, the jaw thing with. Uh, oh the, my the, god, the Breaking Bad. Oh. But the the thing that I really love is where she's like hiding from him in the house, and then she yep. looks out the window, and he's hovering in the sky, yep. like staring at her from outside yep. the window. That freaks me out. It is <laughs> yeah. creepy. Right. And I mean, it's basically like superhero slasher movie, which is just awesome. You know, when we walk into the diner scene and just. Yes. uh, Oh, when that glass, when she pulls the glass. Oh, are we giving spoilers? I think by now it's probably. I think by now with Brightburn. Yeah. That that, see, that was my actually uh, when we talked about it, that was actually my biggest problem. With the movie, spoilers was like the glass. Yeah, spoilers. But uh, no, like, oh. the whole glass in the eye thing. Just because I figure, like, this kid's got powers. I thought that the, you know, like if you're gonna do deaths like that, make them, make them grandiose, not a glass going into an eyeball. With that, really, said, yeah. But with that said, as a horror fan, I still loved it. It was still cool. But I just figured like there'd be a different more utilized uh, usage of his powers in terms of the deaths. You know what I'm saying? Like he would just rip her body apart or something? It's in that vein. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't think that she would... But he's learning. You know, like... (laughs) Aw. Aw, he's still... Yeah, he's growing into his powers. Like, he... uh... You know what? You're right. Okay. (laughs) How about that fucking scene at the school with the girl's hand? Oh, he break, breaks her arm or whatever, or, yeah, her wrist. Holy shit, man. Right? Right? Yeah, I, I, I really do love that movie. It's um, it's definitely something different, too, because, yeah, it's a horror movie, but I love how it's it, it really does reference, like, Man of Steel a bunch, too. There's so many Man of Steel references and stuff like that. Um, I just thought tonally it was done perfectly, so I loved it. Uh, the only issue I have with it is that they there's no payoff to the bully thing, right. which I think is a misstep. I mean, maybe they did it because everyone's expecting it, like yeah. you know. But 
I don't know. I just felt like that deserved to pay off. Otherwise, don't even have it in the like. What's the point of having the them point? if right. nothing's going to happen? And I don't really feel like there was a satisfactory ending to the girl, the girlfriend thing. You know, totally. Yeah, no. But beyond that, I I really loved it. I loved Elizabeth Banks' performance. I think at great. the end that was just supreme. Right. The the very ending when of he that. let her go in the sky. Oh. I mean, just hardcore man. That's a fear of mine. You know that? Some kid flying up into the air with you and then dropping you? Close to that. Um, <laughs> I, used, I used to have this dream where I could fly. And then once I'm up to like a certain point, I start panicking. And I just want to get back down. Because I know I really don't know how to fly or something. And I Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. And this, what if it just stops working? So I immediately want to sort sort of coast back to the ground. Right. And there was one dream that was kind of vivid that happened about a year or two ago where I was just consistently flying in this dream. Like, And I forgot even why. I might have even had something on me or something like that where it seemed to make sense in the dream. Right. My biggest fear is just going up too high and then all of a sudden whatever it is just doesn't work. Right. right. <laughs> and then I just <laughs> – plummet to earth so when i when i finally saw that like a visual of my fear it, it was like crazy i was like oh my god right i know how she feels <laughs> like can you imagine that this kid brings you all the way up he's like all right well adios bitch good luck <laughs> <laughs> good stuff good movie it is good i loved it let's get back into tv shows let's go to american horror story 1984. I have to say, I was busy the last two weeks, and I did not get to see anything beyond the kid on the motorcycle. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So, if you could... Hold back. Stuff. Yeah, is there a way you could hold back with... with No, we won't, bro. We'll just touch... We'll lightly touch... We won't do spoilers for this, then. Fuck that. Okay, so how do you guys feel about it? Now, a lot of people are concerned. I can't imagine how you drag out a slasher movie for eight or ten episodes, whatever these things normally are. Right, right. Do you have that fear? So, okay, here's my thing. I just I just well, watched Harper's uh, Island. That is true. I think with this, though, with American Horror Story, obviously different story uh, every season. Some, some of them connect or whatever. With this one, it's a slasher. Um, but in a lot of them... Not every season, but usually tell, – tell me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but there's like a big twist, uh, usually something that turns in the season, right? There's always that moment. Yeah, I mean it. I kind of think of it more like you you see bits and pe- – like yeah, uh, yeah. it almost feels like you're watching this side, then you're watching that side, then you're watching this side, right. then you're watching that side. And at some point, like halfway through the season, they collide and they come right. together and everything finally makes sense. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Now, did you feel that way with this season watching it so far? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, for me, it was um, – I actually thought about – and this is before anyone had ever even mentioned because I saw there was a conversation on Facebook where Dave came in because he also loves American Horror Story. Where hey, he yo. came in and said, yeah, that's how it goes. You know, they, you know, they do it every season, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um. But I had been thinking about this. There's the moment where we realize the connection that Ramirez has 
yep. to other people. I'm trying not to spoil things. Right, um, right. Where, you know, that moment where we understand where Richard Ramirez is, is it how he's involved and why and why you have two separate serial killers. And yeah, that's weird, too. Right. And that so when that all comes together and kind of makes sense, I kind of felt like that. I was like, you know, OK, like right. now it makes more sense, because in the beginning I was like, it just it's weird to have the strangler over here and then <laughs> the, the jingly man over here. And then right. um, jingles it or jangle. What is it? Is it jingles? Jingles? Yeah. Jingles? OK, jangle His and name, jingle, uh, jangle. <laughs> jingle, um, jingle unchained Jimmy John. But it seemed, it seemed, um, oh, what's the, disjointed in a way. Right, right. And then I feel like it did kind of make sense, you know. Okay. And, but then they take another hard left turn again. Yeah. (laughs) And I know Alex isn't there yet, so we're not going to spoil anything. I'm so mad I'm not there. Let's just say this, though. It goes into very bizarre territories, which, okay, here's, here's what I was thinking when I was watching this. Um, and I watched season one. I'll be the first person to say, like, I'm definitely on board with the show. It's just never a show that I, I got into. But I do like it, and I'm going to definitely continue and watch all the seasons. But um, with this one, as I'm watching it, it felt more like Scream Queens, that show, with Emma I can I, see that, but it's probably because Emma Roberts uh, Roberts in there, and so is the Fisher chick. So, and, and I think it's the same creator. I think Ryan Murphy yeah. created that as well. Yeah, so, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that was on our It review, yes, Ryan Murphy. Yes, he's he hit the big time <laughs> since uh, since we've been gone. Like Dan <laughs> remembers. <laughs> no, oh God, Dan doesn't <laughs> remember our It review. We all float. I finally came down. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> I am. <laughs> he was floating all right that day. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just tonally, it was very bizarre and very, um, very no pun intended, but very campy, um, very pulpy almost. And and I enjoyed it, but um, but I thought the exact same thing. And Lacey and I said this to each other, which the question you just posed, Alex, which is how are they going to stretch this out for 10 episodes? Now, with what they set up the last few, it definitely has taken some turns, so you know... So um, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, and I'm... See, here's my thing. I'm really enjoying it. Um, right now, I think we're in a time where it's actually kind of... Uh, Sucky. It's, uh, <laughs> I think people. I think people. <laughs> I think people are a little trepidatious in terms of going for the nostalgia thing uh, right now because it's kind of played out. Um, yeah. I think you know, and it I think it's kind of an odd time to do this. Right. I right. feel like if they would have been ahead of the game and, and yep. did this, you know, season before last or last season, yep. it would make more sense. Right. I'm okay with it though because. It, you know they're doing slashers, and that totally. is always okay with me. Yep. But yeah, I totally get that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I uh, I really am enjoying it though, and I I dig American Horror Story because um, you know, like I said, I haven't watched it, but I definitely have seen bits. And pieces <laughs> I dig of it, it because I haven't watched it. <laughs> I, I love that. Love it. <laughs> I love when he says stuff like this. <laughs> I. I am one who's been watching it from the beginning. We used to cover it on evil episodes and then, you know, evil episodes is no more, but I still love the show. Um, a, a perfect example of how American they do story, it. Right. Not evil episodes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. That's still a beautiful episode. <laughs> um, a perfect ex- example of a season where they did the hard left was Roanoke. So I that's think. what, that's what, I, okay. So that's, I know I sounded dumb, but Roanoke is the one I saw up until that twist. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, and it does that. Like it, you think you're going in one direction and then all of a sudden it's just like, and you're like, Oh shit. Right. And then things kind of make sense and come together and then get cool. I think. Alex, do you have a history with American Horror Story? Uh, the same one as Dan. I really like it because I haven't watched any of them. <laughs> I love the show. I do. I love I love every season, and they're so vastly different. And you have great people like Jessica Lang used to be in it and Kathy Bates. Lady and- Gaga, ooh la la. Yeah, that wasn't – I love Hotel. That was a really good one. Stevens. And I'm watching uh, – I miss Evan now. Peters. Uh, that's the one thing I think is missing from now is Evan Peters. Like, uh, he made the show for me. He was Every horrible season, in Coven, though. <laughs> he was horrible in Coven. Uh, I don't think yeah, Jamie. Horrible. No, I don't think he was horrible. No, but uh, you want to uh, see like the that's best – That's all he did. The best uh, Evan Peters performance is Hotel, I think, because he played like this H.H. H. Holmes character and it was fucking brilliant. Also, I think he did a really good job in Cult because he was like a he did like all the different like he was a Charles Manson at right. one point And he and it was just he's really good. I just I miss him so much. He's also good in Days back. of Futures Past that season. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, and I did see him as Manson too. And yeah, he's definitely, him and Jessica Lang are like the staples of that show. Used to be. <laughs> I mean, they're both gone now, but it just, it breaks my heart because yeah. it, it's just not the same. But it's still really good. Like, I still love it. You still have Emma Roberts, who's fantastic. Right. You, right. Oh, like, uh, can I say something about that? Yes. Yeah. I might, I, I, my voice is somewhere. I forget where, but I'm very torn because. Do you guys remember my insane love for Emma Roberts? Yes. Okay. I don't think that the character she's playing is for her. Oh, dude, absolutely. I agree. I also don't like her as a brunette. I mean, I think she looks way better as blonde, but... Right. Like, this, to me, is a waste. If you look at her uh, character on Scream Queens compared to something like this. Oh, yeah. With this character, it's more like fucking Black Code's daughter. Well, at least the beginning or something. You know, it's it's like it's very yeah. subdued. It's very subdued. And that was – dude, that was one of the first things we said. Right. She is not a goody good girl. That's no. not why she's on this earth. She's right. on this earth to play what she played in Scream 4, what she played in Scream Queens, right. things like that. She is – Being with Scream and – the title anything to scream in it she's here for that yeah I mean, she's really good at being bitchy and yep. you know uh being the mean girl you know or whatever and i feel like when in this character that she's playing and and i i bring up the brunette hair because to me i think you know they did it to make her look more mousy and next door and mousy and that's exactly the word i was going to use so yeah <laughs> uh, but it just doesn't I think because the character doesn't really suit her, I don't think that the also the hair color it just it kind of washes her out. It just makes her she seems kind of drab and boring. So boring. That might be what they were going for, but I don't like that for her because she's so much more dynamic than that. Right. This is bland as fuck. 
I'm hoping that um, because of all the twists, maybe they'll uh, they'll pull like a like a your next situation, you know, and they'll yeah. just completely make her a badass and they'll give give a little bit of backstory and like, oh, wait, no, she's really a bad. Who knows? Because. Well, Dan, it, OK, OK, fine. But let's do it now because I don't want to watch this all <laughs> season and then just to get that payoff. I agree. I like agree. it's it's not going to make me go and say, you know what? She really was great all season because look at the end. Like I want her to fucking become an asshole now. Right. Right. I don't want it at the end. Alex is like, okay, but let's do that now. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Episode six, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when can you start? Uh, how about tomorrow? How about today? Right. <laughs> like that's <laughs> how I'm thinking with this. <laughs> right. That's what. It, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, please. Oh, God. Okay, so, yeah, lots to look forward to. And next year, we'll tell you how we felt about the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. We're supposed to uh, make some type of uh, attack on exploding heads, but I forgot what it was. (laughs) One of those dudes were talking shit. And they said, oh, what's Alex going to do? Say, (laughs) reply to us next year? And, God, I I really wish I could remember. You must not have been that best. Who was it, Dave? No. It was Christian. Oh. Christian. Um... Christian said something. And I was supposed to have a comeback. <laughs> uh, well, next year. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, so listening, talk shit again. Like <laughs> talk some shit, dude. I'm gonna get you next time. I swear to God. <laughs> wow, Skeleton Crew's been going on for a long time. 2012 April. Wow. To 2000 almost 20. Yep. Amazing, absolutely amazing. I can't say we really are still going. I mean, yeah, we're here doing this, but um. Uh, hopefully, I, I keep saying this. I feel like I'm like a uh, shameless promoting or something. But I mean, if you like the Skeleton Crew and you like comedy TV shows, one of the greatest shows ever made, you should listen to the Married Children podcast because all three of us are on. We have just a good a time every single week, and it's mostly based in humor. So check that out, and you don't have to wait every uh, October to hear a new show of sorts. It's it's good for us too because we record every week too. You wouldn't know by this recording, but we do do this every week. Yeah. <laughs> we should be smooth. We we don't step on each other's lines. We have great chemistry, but no, nah. no, nope. still the same old thing. We have a bunch of little things that, to hit on, but you want to? We are an hour into this, so how about dropping in with uh, a semi-full movie review? Let's do it. So this movie is called Two From Hell and Some Other Guy. (laughs) Sid Haig standing. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Rob Zombie, the most polarizing director in horror, I think, at this point. Basically. That's a a legit statement. Yeah, no, for real. Yep. Oh, God. I think that has a big part to do with this, though. I think that has a, a big part to do with going into this movie. Yeah, let's talk about his history a little bit. So, you know, he wanted a. Now, I never saw El Super Bisto or whatever. For some reason... I did. Because I was doing, like, my rankings, all his movies, and people keep... They do, and they add that in. And I never considered that a real movie. I always heard that was, like, something else. I mean, it's animated. 
Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. it's it's animated, but it's feature length. I mean, it's like it's a movie, but yeah, but it's animated. But I'm not a fan. I don't I don't care for it. I but see the thing with zombie anyway is he's like not even half and half with me. Like, ooh, I like less than you do like. Yeah, I like no what. <laughs> You like less of his movies than than the ones that you like. That that you, that's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay. You you dis okay you you dislike more movies than you like. Yeah. There you go. How okay. much wood could a woodchuck chuck? <laughs> oh god, I have a way with words, huh? I'm a wordsmith after eight years of this. God. Oh. Amazing. You could do the same thing for years and not learn a goddamn thing. You like less than you like. Uh, <laughs> you like this less than you like like ones you like like, right? <laughs> oh, God. So he starts off with House of a Thousand Corpses. This is his first outing. It's very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, he's just kind of doing homages and all that kind of stuff. Odd tone, just way out there. But, you know, it's it's appreciated by a lot of people. And when I walked out of the theater, I was, I was really... Uh, I didn't know what to say. I, I it felt something. I didn't know what I felt, but right. it wasn't hate or love. It was something, though. Yep. And then, you know, I don't even know the order of all this. I'm probably going to get it all wrong, but his next movie, was it? Devil's Rejects, I think. Oh, so it was just that next one. Okay. Okay, so Devil's Rejects. All of a sudden, he does something that most people refer to as a masterpiece. So they say that's Rob Zombie's masterpiece, Devil's Rejects. It's the follow-up to the House of a Thousand. It's the realistic, gritty version of it. Universally accepted as his best film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's more of like a violent crime movie instead of a horror movie. But people were just, they don't really care how they label it. They liked it. So then he gets to take the helm for Halloween. Um, I think he started off good, even though it was super cliche. It was really uh, captivating, that whole beginning, uh, until Michael gets to the institution. I'd say that movie falls apart as soon as his mom blows her head off. Then he starts copying the original Halloween, and that's where everything just gets boring and bland and, ugh, please kill me. You know how I feel about that. My issue, my biggest issue with that film is just the Lori character. I hate her. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate that character. Actually, all the girls, all the teenage girls, I don't like them at all. And, um, I mean, they're just, they're awful people. And so... <laughs> hey, asshole. Hey, asshole. My daddy's the fucking sheriff, so I want you to crawl back under your fucking rock, all right? Oh, wow. <laughs> So Halloween two, now he makes it his own vision. <clears throat> I think it's, I think it's a masterpiece. Besides, you could take out the white horse, uh, and I'd still be okay. I'd be a lot better with it actually. Um, and then you wouldn't even have the ghost mom really there if you didn't have the white horse. But I didn't even mind the ghost mom. I thought that was pretty interesting. That like, because that's all he knows. Uh, so he's having visions. He's like a psychopath. I mean. Let's face it, he is crazy. So, um, most people absolutely hate that movie, though, but I love it. And that's very polarizing. Like, there's people who love the brutality, love everything. It's so artistic. It's so deep, and it has so much emotional weight. Like, when Sheriff Brackett comes in and sees Annie dead in the bathroom, I mean, holy fuck, is this a movie. That is, uh, that is probably, to me, the best part of the film. Oh, yeah. Honestly, anything with Brad Dourif. I think he elevates that film, and his performance is outstanding. And, and you just you want to cry. Just, just they the, show video of her as a kid. Oh, come on. 
like it just he just rips my heart out uh, as a father seeing his daughter like that that is a that is a wonderful moment in the film but beyond that like and i don't have an issue with you know hobo michael i don't you know it's cool kind of makes sense to me that he's not going to be wearing the mask after he's wandering i mean you can't just (laughs) wander around all the time (laughs) wearing a mask that's that's kind of weird it's again it's the characters it's just and it's the writing as far as the dialogue goes i just think his dialogue is so bad fuck fuck yeah i mean that's (laughs) oh leave that guy alone that's that. That's the guy. That's the third guy in uh, the new Devils region. Uh, with the Three from Hell. Oh, that's oh him. Yeah. Fuck. Do you believe yeah, that's him? Saw, it is a, I saw right. a video about Three from Hell where they where they made a comment about how uh, it was actually Andy from um, Maniacal Cinephile, and he was talking about how um, uh, Bill Mosley ends every sentence with "motherfucker." Right. And <laughs> so when we were watching them, we watched the video before we watched the movie, and then we watched the movie, and Brian's like, "He's right." Yep, He's right. Yep. Like every sentence, he ends it with motherfucker. <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah. Yep. All of a sudden, it's motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> didn't he say that like four other times? Right. And in terms of the Halloween movies, I'll say this. I like those movies. I really don't have – like, I yeah, I have problems with them, but I'll still watch them, uh, you know, during October, maybe September or whatever. But like – Honestly, it's it's his versions of it. Do I want every single Halloween movie? Hey, happy fucking Halloween, you fucking but like like not necessarily, <laughs> but his his niche that he carved out, I like that. I like that it's two movies and then and then you're out of there and then, then you're done, right? And then you can move on to different shit because like I said, if that became indicative of what Halloween is, that dirty, white, trashy kind of Yeah, that'd feeling, be a little too much. It's a little much, right? For the rest of my life. Exactly. But for those movies, I think it worked. And I have the same problems that you guys said too though, but that's another show next year. I'm so grateful for Halloween too though with him. I mean that is my jam, dude. He talked about it on Joe Rogan recently. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, promoting Three from Hell, and he was talking about his whole experience there and just the studio involvement with the Weinsteins and shit. And it's just mm. like it, that's all you really have to say, you know. Well, they're good guys, so you'd imagine they have good input. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they've been ruining movies for years. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But I- I'll say this though: one thing that really comes out. And that this kind of goes into this next review, like, big time, is he truly, 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 truly doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He asked him, you know, a lot of critics trashed your movies and trashed your Halloween movies. And he was like, does it piss you off? And he was like, I used to get mad. Like, I used to let it bug me. And then I started looking at who would write these reviews. And I'd be like, oh, it's that guy? (laughs) And and, and that's really what it is, you know? Um, And he doesn't give a fuck. It's just people. He's just doing his own thing. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants. And uh, it's kind of like... If you're not on board at this point, like, what do you expect from his Why movie? are you still watching my movie? What are you yeah. expecting? Like, do you think he's going to pull a 180 and, like, make, like, E.T. or something? Like, no, dude. No, I'm just, I'm glad he never made the hockey movie that he wanted to make. Right. Because it just, that always seems so weird to me. Right. I think he should have, though. Because I think it's something he needed to do because he was passionate. And don't you remember what resulted in it because he didn't do it? 31. 31, yeah. Oh, God. Right, because then it was just like, well, since people won't let me make the movie I want to make, I'm just going to make something they think I should make. Right. So then he made that. 
and it's like, well, clearly this was not something he had in his system that needed to come out because right. it's not inspiring or, or whatever it is. Like what, whatever you get out of something that someone has in them that has to be that has to come out of them, it's like inspiring sometimes. That wasn't. Right. I think that needed to come out like a malignant tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Oh yes, it is. Um, so I think he needed to get this Broad Street Bully movie out or whatever. I wouldn't watch it, or I might, depending on what you know people said about it. But right. I think it's some it's part of his growth that he needed to do, and who knows what he would have learned on that movie to make better movies or whatever. So yeah. it's a shame. So then he makes Lords of Salem. It's the kind of movie you hate on first watch because you don't know what the fuck you're expecting and you don't know what you're watching. And then once you could process it, then you go back and you're like, okay, this is what's happening. Let's now really watch this. Oh, so fucking good, man. Well, because just now when you were like, it was a movie that you hate when you first see it. I'm like, speak for yourself, motherfucker. I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, I'm just channeling Bill Mosley. I, uh, yeah, to me, that film is just a visual treat. I think it's so stunning. Right. And everyone's biggest complaint about that is like, well, nothing happens. Like, it doesn't, you know, there's no, you know, but hey. I think it does. I think something does happen. But you go fuck yourself, motherfucker. Oh. But more than <laughs> that, it's just, to me, it's all about everyone heralds. Oh, uh, Kubrick? No, well, okay. Um, yeah, because, and that's actually a good point because it was very Kubricky. inspired by Kubrick, you can tell. Right. But I mean, if you take an Argento film. Right. And, you know, everyone talks about how it's, you know, it's visually stunning and, and the music is fantastic. And, you know, it doesn't really matter if it makes a whole lot of sense because that's not what it's about. It's the whole experience. experience okay. Yeah. I mean, and that, I, and I'm fine with that. I agree with that. But then, so he can't, so Zombie can't do that too? Right. Yeah. How come this doesn't apply to him? Right. Yeah. I right. think he did that with Lords of Salem. I think it is all about the experience. I think it is, uh, it, it is... Like it's an auditory treat. It's a visual treat. It's, it's. There's not a whole lot of heavy story there. You don't have to go very deep to know what's going on. But I'm okay with that because that's not what it's about. It's about the ride, and I thoroughly enjoy that. Having seen it before, I know what I'm getting into. Like I know, I know the mindset going in, and and so if it just happens to align with that, then that's when I'll turn it on. But I gotta be honest with you. I watched this fucking movie. And the broad daylight and, you know, Lacey Lou's sitting there waiting for something to happen and we're just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you're right. This just isn't the fucking same watching it. Like, <gasps> like you have to be in the right headspace. What? Oh, yeah. No, she hates it. So, like, you have to get in that right mood, that headspace oh, to so go. so sad oh. that she doesn't have the taste. <laughs> that breaks my heart. <laughs> I've, told, I've told her that myself before, She know. It's so funny. Lacey and I have... It's really funny. I love I love the girl to death. Like I really want to hang out all the time. But it's so funny. And she said it. She said this the other day, just the other day on Facebook. She said that Jamie and I have we are either one hundred percent all in on a movie or one hundred percent completely opposite. Right. Like, <laughs> that we right. don't ever have a middle ground. It's either we both really really love it, or one of us loves it and the other one hates it. And that's just right. that's just the way it is. Yes. And I just you're think absolutely that's so right. funny. 
you know? <laughs> yep, yep. Wow. And, but I'll say this without uh, giving her the opportunity to defend herself because she's working at the moment. Um, she did have valid reasons. I'll say that. But that's why I kind of go back to it's definitely a mood watch. Like if I'm in the zone and I'm prepared to watch that movie, it's it it's it's a very heightened experience. I love it. I'm completely in. Um, same with uh, oh, what was that fucking movie uh, that we watched? Thirty one. I was, oh God, I would <laughs> never introduce that one to anybody. You know what? Well, let's just go to that because I don't want to get off on any. Oh, yeah, let's go to Three from Hell. But right. yeah, but, okay. No, but 31, fuck that movie, uh, whatever. But yeah. Okay. So, Three from Hell, um, it's a sequel to Devil's Rejects. And at this point, Baby is now 49 years old. As hard wow. as that is to believe. Really? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, and she looks incredible. I Damn, right? If oh, you get up stunning. close, you can see her age. Like, if you like really up oh, close, totally. you can tell in her skin. Yep. But um, that's another thing. Yeah, there, he, is some cra- he is crazy about the close-ups in that oh, movie. Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah. But she does look stunning. There's that where she, When she does that slow motion walk in Mexico where she's coming out. Oh, right. She is gorgeous. I'm just, her hair is beautiful. Like, it's just the way her hair is falling. I think part of that is because she finally took a shower, which the whole movie, I'm like, please take a shower. Please take a shower. Because, I mean, like, he's all into the dirty feet. And and I'm thinking, am I watching a Tarantino movie? Like, um, Brian even said guest director to Quentin Tarantino (laughs) because he kept showing the dirty feet. And I'm like, I hate dirty feet. I hate it. Wash your, I can't stand 7-Eleven feet. Wash your feet. Um, Mm -hmm. But the whole time, I'm like, take a shower. But when right. she finally did, she looked gorgeous. Like, she, right. she really did. It is so difficult for me to believe that she is as old as she is. But, yeah. Yeah, she looks amazing. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Rob Zombie did a classic close-up thing in this movie. Sid Haig was not in good health, and it's obvious now that he really wasn't because he passed away before this movie even was released in its little small release. Right. Basically, he realized he has to flip the script, put another dude in there. It just it was the right symmetry for three people, like a podcast, I guess. Right. He got the dude, and he said in an interview that the dude, don't worry, he fits right in and stuff. And mm-hmm. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't, for some reason, bother to see who it was. Right. It was Richard Brake. Right. Doomhead. Once I realized it was him, I was totally on board. I loved this guy since his 13th fuck in Halloween 2. <laughs> like, he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing. And he was he was the best part of 31. And I was like, thank God it's him. Right. And man, did it pay off. I loved him in this whole entire movie. Everything about him. Every even... Every subtle look he gave and the distance, everything was great. I'll if you were a Richard Brake fan, I uh, yeah. just in general, I would recommend there is a movie that has Richard Brake and it also has what's it, Ray Stevens, um, the guy who oh. played the Punisher. Warzone. Warzone. Punisher Warzone. Yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, and it's a it's a really cool uh, like Nazi ghost movie kind of thing. Um, anyway, it's called Outpost. And mm. they're they're both in it, and it's very good, and it's yeah. kind of underseen. Like okay. nobody's nobody's seen this movie, but it's Brian introduced me to it. It's really really good, and it's um, 
I didn't, I wasn't really aware of Richard Brake until by name until 31. And then like right. everybody's talking about him because, you know, that opening was, monologue. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think he's a really good actor. I do. I think he was wasted in 31 because mm. I don't care for his I don't I don't like what Zombie really? did with his character. Yeah, I think his character came off as a huge pussy. Um <laughs> Nobody really? seems to think that. Yeah. Nobody seems to think that but me. But I'm like, if you think about it hard enough, okay, the only people he was success- successfully able to take out were right. an I, old yep. preacher who was half dead, mm-hmm. uh, an 80-year-old woman, and then uh, he is almost killed by, you know, this skinny little chick uh, who has been running all night long. So, <laughs> um, I mean, and she faces off with him at the end, and you can only assume that she doesn't make it out, which I'm, I, I guess. But... The fact that she lived that long and she is she still has the guts to come up to it, it just doesn't right. he doesn't seem that badass to me. He mm-hmm. seems like a blowhard. He seems like someone who talks a lot of big game but doesn't really have a lot of <laughs> in Three from Hell. I think he fits in, you know, beautifully. Like, he, you could easily believe. Now, the, the question is looming in your mind, where the fuck did this dude come from and who is he? Right. And they keep calling him brother. Where was Like, they keep having all these family members that keep popping out of nowhere. Right. Um, that keeps popping in your head. It's like, where have you been all this time? You know? Right. But, well, we all know the circumstance, though. Yeah. Yeah. But he does fit in. So I I think he, he fits with the two of them, and it works, it works just fine. Um, right. Moral of the story, though, never go to a whorehouse with the Firefly family. That's for sure. <laughs> right? That never ends well. And, oh, and okay, so that's my biggest thing with this movie, Jamie. Um, literally, like almost beat for beat, this is the Devil's Rejects, except oh, Mexico. Right. Like, it's the same. So if you go beat by beat, more or less, the same things happen. And I'm like watching it, and I'm like, this has to be deliberate. Like, there's no way that Rob Zombie doesn't know what he's doing. Here. Well, people want more of what they already love. But see, that this is the classic problem with with right. Audience. Give me something new. But I love it. Same. But right, yeah, as soon as we give you something new, you bitch about <laughs> right. how it's not like the original. Then we give you something like that, you bitch about how it's too much like like people are never fucking happy. And that's my biggest problem with everyone's like take on this movie. I really, I don't even respond to anybody because. I can't. Like, uh, people are never fucking happy. No matter what you do, there is an issue here. So, I just went for the ride. I It's a Rob Zombie movie. I'm not expecting fucking Martin Scorsese or whatever his name is. Uh, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what people want. Right. He's giving you what you love, just more of it, and there's a fucking problem again. Like, I'm done trying to satisfy people. Like, right. I'm literally just like, you know what? You could all think what you want. I had a really good time. I took it for what it was. I got into it. I zoned in, and I was never bored. And I was I was invested. I wanted everything to work out and blah, blah, and I was digging everybody, and I just don't get it, man. Right. Well, Dude. I think the people who are complaining about it are people who don't like Rob Zombie movies exactly. anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, to be honest, I was... I, w- I wasn't completely all in in the very beginning, yep. but the moment that she gutted that bitch on that on the front lawn, I, from that moment on, I was all yes. in. I yes. was, I was, I was all in. I'm like, this, yes, well, this is what I want. 
Exactly. So. Yeah, I agree. I think with House of the Thousand Corpses, um, that's definitely different than Devil's Rejects, and then this one, I kind of, I kind of put the the last two more together than the first one, just because it's so out there. But one thing that ha- that I have in common with all of these is it always made me feel like watching his movies. Um, it was an unsettling feeling. Where at first I didn't really know if it was like a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I, I I do like it though. Uh, over the years I've kind of I, I when I watch Devil's Rejects now, it's it's almost laughable. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah, I I see what's going on or whatever. And I gotta say, with this one again, it was a little off-putting in a way, just because his style is so abrasive. And I've seen him do this before. Doesn't necessarily mean like I'm there in my mind mentally to go on this ride that he's going to fucking take you on. Cause it is a ride. It's weird yeah. setups. It's weird characters. It's, it's different dialogue. It's not normal setups that you see in movies. You got midgets in there. There's a lot going on. So, <laughs> so, so like, so when I'm going into it though, I gotta say, I wasn't a hundred percent on board in the, beginning now here's why and i'm so glad you just said that that you weren't on board until the lawn scene jamie because basically same for me around that time because that's when it felt like okay now we're getting into it because before yeah me too dude we're watching surveillance video of danny trejo we're watching news camera you know know why because they spent an awful lot of time getting baby out of jail it was 50 minutes Yes. 50 minutes they took getting her out of jail. Now, once they got her out of jail and they all got together, that's when it got good. Totally. But like 50 minutes of the movie it took with us, with them being separated and us watching, yeah, like you said, Dan, like newsreel footage and surveillance footage. And it's like, when does the movie start? <laughs> piecemeal. Yeah, it just didn't, it didn't feel cohesive. Totally. I was, and plus, I was not in love with the camera work in the beginning of the film. Right. Um, right. And it's just like he did a lot of during action scenes, especially like during fight scenes. He was all over the place, and I'm just like, well, he meant to do that, so you don't know who's winning the fight, though. Yeah, and I, I, I get that because at at times it's you know it was different. Um, but he was also like all about the close ups, and I'm like back the fuck up, and I'm just. <laughs> I just, there are a lot of things about, like, it didn't feel like 10 years later because everything still looked like it was 1978. Like, um, like, this is supposed to be 1988. It doesn't look like 1988, like, at all, but okay. Um, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I got that in your head by accident. I said it was 10 years later. It's more like 15 years later. So it's supposed to be 1993, actually. But yeah, it still looks like it's in the 70s, but... Is, I'm like, you just, you can't drag the guy out of the 70s even if you try. Like, he just refuses. He's, <laughs> no, he got, loves it. he's got his hands just clamped on the 70s right. and will not let go. Yep. And that works if you set your movie in the 70s. Okay, whatever. But then, like, <laughs> like this is supposed to be, you actually tell us it's 10 years later. And it still looks right. like the 70s. Nobody's wearing that shit. But. <laughs> well, the thing about the baby breakout, like, I also paused it to see where how far along we are. And I was like, is this whole movie going to be just about getting her out? Like, we're not going to see what they do once she's out? I was really concerned at some point. Mm-hmm. Was it like 50 minutes? Am I right about that? Because I, I yeah, yeah, I think it was okay. around 40, no 50 shit. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I was like, what? What is this? But then when I pause it, I saw there was so much more to go. I was like, oh, okay. 
But you know why I know that? Why I, that timestamp sticks in my head? Because Brian paused the movie to see how much longer <laughs> we had. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. and he pauses the movie and he goes, God damn it. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, I wonder how many people pause it to see how much of the movie are we going to get without just getting breaking her out of jail. Yeah, but here's what I'll say, though. Once this movie was cooking and moving and we're here and we're there, we're here, we're there. Once all that happened, I reflected back Mm -hmm. to the beginning and I said, you know what? I'm glad we spent a lot of time on that because I feel like we thoroughly cooked everything in this movie. There was nothing that was left and just rushed because... Then people would say, oh, but they just rushed the breakout. They just rushed this. We just got to this. Suddenly we're here, blah, blah. Like everything was, he didn't rush through this movie. He took his time and did it all. Uh, I'll say one scene, though, that I think they rushed through that they didn't give us was um, her in the uniform, like actually walking out of the prison because they just show up at the house. (laughs) Right. I was like, wait a minute. Like nobody noticed something's wrong here. Right. Yeah, are you going to tell me that the other guards don't know the other guards? Like, they're not going right. to be like, hey, who are, and or her? Right. Because it's not like she blends in. Right. I think that's why they, they skipped, they omitted that. Yeah, because there's right. no way to do it. Like, there's there's no legitimate way to do that. No, you can't walk out of there. No. Exactly. Unless he climbed out of the window of his office and his car was parked right there. I mean, that's the only way that's happening. <laughs> and at that point, what, do you, what are you dressing her up for? Like fucking Ted Bundy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Ted Bundy out of the library. <laughs> exactly. Like, what is, you know, what are we doing? So I think that's why. It, it's just not realistic, even though they try to give you a half-ass realistic thing by saying, oh, well, we have a plan and you know so this will be different than just breaking out right so th- they just sold it to you that way but i i love how they but well, sa- same thing again though like beat for beat <laughs> that that hotel sequence in the devil's rejects well that's the mm-hmm. warden's house it's the same shit well, but, but, also when yeah. she in devil's rejects when she walks <laughs> up to the guy at the ice machine and yes, you know yes. she's talking to him there's the dude in the in the costume that she's talking right. to yep. um i mean it's it's the same scenario you know who, who when, is it in this that that's uh sean wayland right in this one yeah yeah, yeah you get sean wayland in this one you get uh what's his name oh god clint howard's in this is the clown yeah oh let's talk about that what happened with that what was going on with that i didn't understand why is he there whose birthday is it where's the kid it might have been, I think they mentioned it might have been a party for one of those people there, but why would you have a, cl- no, no, what? They're 50 years old. What? Like, hey, Jamie, can you shed any, because I haven't met no. one person that has been able to tell me a legitimate reason as to why Clint Howard just rolled up. That's the biggest mystery of this movie, I think. <laughs> no, it makes absolutely no sense at all. He yep. was just there to be there. I mean... To be there and pee his pants, and <laughs> right, right when he finally left, he made him laugh. <laughs> he was uh, he was the version of what's his name, the comedian there, the big guy in Devil's Rejects that that got shot in the head. <laughs> he was the version. Oh of like, yeah, po- Posner, Pope, po- 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 Brian Posehn. Brian Posehn. Yes, thank yeah. you, Jamie. <laughs> I'm going to get that, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for that, Jamie. Pope, 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 Pope,
it, it just clicked in my head like, oh, yep, that's what Rob Zombie does. That's mm. that feeling that he gives it. It's it's not necessarily like a comfortable feeling because at the end of the day, guys, here's the fucked up thing. Like, I think that uh, for me anyways, I forget that I'm watching a movie about fucking oh, yeah. serial killers and shit. I'm, I'm just like, yay, hey, Otis. Bill Mosley told me that he smothered his daughter. Like, you know, like, like shit like that. Like, I, I just have such like nice memories and, and all that. But like, yeah, they are serial killers. And this is a story, a fucked up story from a, from a, you know, a fucked up mind. Perspective. But yeah, from the perspective of the quote unquote bad guys here. But yeah, that that was very made me very uneasy. And then more so when the end came into play, uh, you know, the whole Mexico thing. Um, oh, the dude, the garbage on the streets was fucking phenomenal. Right. Yeah, I've that- never seen garbage like that on streets. <laughs> right. Right. I just loved it. Yeah. I, I, well, I was like, why isn't anybody complaining about that? Because, you know, the big, there was a huge fuss about Rambo when Rambo came out um, about how he made it, uh, put Mexico in a bad light, you know, which I don't feel like it did. But yeah, this is all secretly politic movies. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like no one has said a word about this. And I think they really made Mexico look bad. And Brian goes, <laughs> Well, that's because nobody's seen this movie, baby. And I, like, oh, I think those two whores made it look pretty good. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that one girl. I have a boyfriend now, asshole. <laughs> right. He's going to save me. That was sad. Yeah, that was sad. I felt bad for her because she really had so much confidence. Like, she had a lot of conviction. She's like, you can't do nothing. Get the fuck out of my face. And she walked away. I'm like, wow, I guess she knows something. We don't know. Oh, she's dead. No, no, she knows nothing. <laughs> she knows nothing. Yeah, I, I thought she but then, like... and And he didn't seem all that broken up about it. So, right. I guess, yeah, I don't know. One thing I did love is the conversation they had about Cutter. Oh and yes, I yes. I told I told Brian at the time I said I feel like that was basically them talking about Sid Haig. Yep. Oh, without a doubt. And without it just doubt. I it made me cry. It was yeah. so. It was. Um, I just that is that is the moment in the film I love the most probably because that's when they are being real human right. people with actual feelings. Yep. You know, and he's like, <laughs> but. And his point is, what, these are assholes, baby. They're scumbags. Like, right. why do you care? Like, right. we should not care. And that's probably what he doesn't like about, like, why he doesn't like the movies. Because he's like, they're scumbags. We, right. we, they're not heroes. Um, <laughs> they are horrible, horrible people <laughs> with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And then I'm like, except when it comes to family. And for whatever right. reason. Same thing with married with children. That exactly. gets me. Yeah. For whatever reason, that gets to me, you know, and whenever they, you, you know, they visibly hurt when one of their family members get like in, in Devil's Rejects, where they're all tied to the chair, nailed to the chairs. Yep. Right. Or when the mom firefly died. Yeah. And that scene is is um, it kind of gets me in the gut, you know, because you can tell. Oh, because Cutter in that scene, because baby's like, you know, she's talking badass and she's like you know i did i I did all this and he's like shut up shut up baby no you didn't you know because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to her that's his daughter he loves her and i'm over here like all broken up and brian's like i'm on his like he's on william forsyth's side (laughs) because he's like these guys are assholes and i'm like yeah but if you look at it Mm -hmm. he's just as bad as they are because he is getting he's getting the same thing out of torturing them that they get out of torturing other people so how is he better right 
I mean, it's just this, it's a whole like weird, dark thing. And I guess maybe I should feel bad for wanting them to come out, uh, you know, on top. And but I don't um, like at the end of three from hell. I love the ending of the oh, film. Yes. You know, yes. And that's exactly how I wanted it to end. And right. I, I just I love that. And does that make me a bad person? I don't know. But like, yes. <laughs> I think you realize it's a movie. So there's that. that there's that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, really. And then and what matters to me in that moment is how these characters are with each other. Right. And exactly. I, I love seeing them care about each other. I love seeing them uh, take up for each other. And it's just, it's just like, yeah, Alex, you're not wrong. I'm like with married with children. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic. They are. They don't. No, they don't kill people, but they're really horrible people. The horrible people. The horrible people. <laughs> Alex, were you excited to see uh, Alvarez as the villain? Oh, dude, I was like, I love this movie even more now. Like, it was amazing. And by the way, Bill Mosley's hair is phenomenal in this movie. Oh, his hair. Yeah, it is. his hair is flowingly beautiful, and I was like, wow, his he has really nice hair for a complete scumbag piece of shit. Well, and did you hear the story about that? Yeah, supposedly, yeah, zombie had it in a airproof. Like, something. yeah, like some kind of, um, I don't know, like humidity, like humidity controlled, temperature controlled case or whatever, because the hair cost more than Bill Mosley did. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's the same exact hair from the Devil's Rejects. So that's interesting. But I think they brushed it a few times because it looks better than it did in that movie. If I recall. That's one of the disconnects between House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects for me is that um, the looks of everyone? They're very different as far as how they look. And maybe not Baby, because I mean, how much can she change? But Bill Mosley's disturbingly different. Otis, yeah, if you look at House of a Thousand Corpses, he is off putting. Like, his look is, I don't know, it's disturbing and weird. It, like, he doesn't even look like a human. But. <laughs> In Devil's Rejects, he just looks, you know, like a somebody that would hang out with Rob Zombie. That's like <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we? What? Are, what's the implication here? What does that mean? Like, they were in a different mode. Like, were they putting? Like, I don't. What were they doing in in House of a Thousand Corpses compared to? Yeah, I, I don't think it was like a a purposeful thing as far as the character evolution. Yeah, I think it was just uh, his filmmaking style and like he his idea for the look changed. I mean, it's like if you are watching a sitcom and then if you go back, it's like, say you're in like the third season, but you go back and watch the first season and everything is so different. Right. Um, they haven't really gotten into it yet. They haven't formed properly. And I think Otis is what now, what he should have been the whole time. House of a Thousand Corpses is just weird. It's just a hokey, kooky movie. Yeah, it's like, it was good for what it is, but when you when you have it as the beginning of this trilogy, it really doesn't really. No, it it work. doesn't it doesn't even seem to fit to me. No, to be honest, and it's more of a it, to me it feels more like a horror film, whereas Devil's Rejects is, um, like you said, it's just like a, a violent like a hyper violent action film. A hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Three from Hell is the same. Like, it's not a horror film either. It's just, you know, like a hyper play. It's kind of like a, a Tarantino movie, but really dirty. Like, <laughs> like a Tarantino movie where nobody takes baths. Like this, or that is stuck in the 70s. 
everyone has long hair, everyone's dirty, everyone has zero class, or, uh... Like a white trash character is what... Salem <laughs> <laughs> totally sucks! Wow. <laughs> what? Oh my god, what just happened? Like, totally sucks? Lords of Salem. Come on. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Hello. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs) I was was trying to defend the reasons why you absolutely hated Lords of Salem. Um, Maybe because it's nothing but, like, a Suspiria (laughs) fucking ripoff. Oh. (laughs) Jamie's a little quiet. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to even... You can just listen to the show to hear my take on it. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. I just got off work. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I and I get that. I do. Um, I even brought up Suspiria um, when I was talking about that film, and um, so I get. But I don't think it's a ripoff. I think it's his. It's it's made in the same fashion. It's beautiful. Hated it. <laughs> That's the funny thing about people, right? Like you love Suspiria, and it's like, man, I wish there were more movies like Suspiria. So somebody makes one. Oh, you're ripping it off. But you know, Suspiria was just okay for me. Like, <laughs> oh, I love Suspiria. I don't know. I'm not into like. I know like uh, a lot of times we agree on a lot of movies and whatnot. But with um, you know that type of like genre, like The Witch <laughs> and just movies like that, I, that, I don't earlier, know. I just yeah. can't get into them. I, I don't, Dan. I will give it another watch just for him, but. You have to for that movie, because not knowing what you're getting into, I hated Lords of Salem when I first watched it. And then once I was able to digest what this is, then I watched it for what it is or whatever you want to say. Like, it was, it all made sense. Oh, yeah. There is actual evidence. There is a Skeleton Crew episode where Alex is trying to convince me that I don't love the movie. Um, (laughs) I mean, he he hates it that much. He just flat out hated that movie. And then he watched it again and totally changed his tune. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what you guys are good at is, you know, really honestly dissecting and, you know, showing the viewers or listeners, you know, a different way to watch it. Um, not necessarily like trying to determine to change their mind or whatever, but just looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, hopefully we could open up like a new favorite movie for people, you know, like yeah. that wasn't there before. Like I get like I, I I say this all the time. I get why you feel that way. But this is why this is how I view it. Like this is the frame of mind that I go into when I view it. Try that and see if it helps. And right. sometimes it does. Like, sometimes people are like, you know what? Watching it that way, I totally get it. And sometimes they're like, nope, I tried. It sucks. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I mean. Thanks for trying. I've done it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming for, out. Yeah. Thank you for giving it another shot. That's all I can ask is that you um, that you give it another shot. And if you still don't like it, then you still don't like it. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Now, what did you think from uh, uh, Three from Hell, baby? Me? Yes. It felt rushed in a sense. I know they spent a lot of time on it. Um I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. D. Wallace was crazy. <laughs> we haven't even gotten D. Wallace <laughs> um, yet. I, like, I, I think I'm going to have nightmares about <laughs> her lips forever. Um, but uh, no, it was it was fun. It was, um, you know, curious to see if it was going to fall more in the realm of, you know, House of a Thousands or Devil's Rejects. And it, you know, obviously leaned more towards Devil's Rejects. I thought um, Richard, is it Richard, Richard Brake, Brake, Breaker? Yeah. I thought he was a good uh, addition to, um, you know, the three since, you know, rest in peace, Sid Hag. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I thought it was enjoyable. I didn't think it was necessary, but I thought it was a fun little just pop in watch. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> so I'll hand it back over to Dan. But happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> happy Halloween! Happy thanks. Halloween, Lacey. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. Love you too. Yeah, people have mixed reviews. It's you know, it's always a bummer to to have a nice time with a movie and then <laughs> then you go online and you start hearing all these uh man, what a fucking joke. I mean, could these lines be any more cliche? Could these characters be any more hyper versions of what they were in Devil's Rejects and like uh you know, and and they said over the top acting from Sherry Moon. And look, I that's true I guess um, especially in the beginning but yeah. I think that it's answered though it is I, that is a moment that I love when Otis you're talking about Otis yeah when he's like man baby's gotten weird you know or <laughs> I I or wacky he's like baby's gotten wacky I right. love that moment and but what the only thing about it is that it doesn't go anywhere like I I actually was hoping that that would come up again and we would you know but nope i guess that's just it he just acknowledges that oh she's gotten wacky because she has like she's she is nuts and but what what i like about that moment is that up until that moment when she's doing the thing she's doing and she's being over the top and she's being just like like she's basically thinking this charlene manson right then it's just it doesn't it it didn't work for me because I'm like you're being so weird why are you being so weird like this is so not normal but then the moment that he acknowledges it I'm like okay so they see it too right so that was intentional so okay well I don't know I I got a slight problem with that now tell me if I missed something but I just feel like that didn't go anywhere like yeah they addressed no it didn't go was, anywhere that's what she said it didn't yeah. but, but but like why I don't know like I th- okay I thought that it was gonna result in some sort of showdown at the end or whatever right, where, where she would do something fucking crazy that's right? what I'm saying but why didn't it it was just kind of like okay I'm just gonna address it to to what cover our tracks as to why I'll, she yes I'll oh. tell you exactly this is <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Exactly, yeah. No, yeah. I'll tell you exactly my theory. Here's the thing. They watch the dailies? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rob Zombie loves Charles Manson. Like, as far as, like, making people act. like Because the Sid Haig interview or the Captain Spaulding interview that they did was very Charles Manson, too. So he clearly is – he loves that shit. In order for that, he wanted to squeeze that into the film. He wanted to see Baby do that. He wanted to have her have Sherry Moon do that. And then he's like, shit, there's nowhere to take this. Why is she acting like this? Okay, you acknowledge it. Okay, good. Now we're good. Now we move on. Like that, I I really feel like he just so badly wanted to see her do that. That he could not think of a good reason to make her do it. So he... He yeah, so he made it up. Like I, that's that's the only thing I can come up with. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Fair enough. I'll bu- I'll buy that actually. I'll buy it. Yeah, I would love to ask him. I'd be like, so why was she so over the top? Like you know that's over the top. Like you know she's laying it on thick. Like there, there's no. We all know this, right? He his answer is 
Right. I just really wanted this whole performance and this whole kind of kookiness from her. So I'm just going to address the fact that she's been in solitary for 10 years and it fucked her up. And now she's fucking bizarre. And even look at her watching a cat dance in in her cell. First of all, that would happen (laughs) too. That would fuck somebody up in the head. So I buy it in that sense. I thought it was going to go somewhere differently. Now, with that said, though, do you think a lot of people were thinking, oh, oh, shit, maybe this is foreshadowing something? Uh, basically yeah. posing, posing the question, though, again. It should be. Well, I think everybody had that question going in, though, right? Like, are, are they really going to die, like, for good this time? Do you know what I mean? I think that was always on everybody's mind. So I, I thought maybe, oh, shit, maybe it's not going to end well for her or, or something mm. along, in that vein. Uh, so it definitely kept the anticipation up. Which is uh, like Jamie said too. Which is why I personally love the ending of this movie. I thought it was perfect. Like they nailed it. I just it's it's what I think everybody wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a ba- in, in a way, if you mention like because how you mentioned that is basically beat for beat, Devil's yep. Rejects in a lot of ways it is, except for the ending. <laughs> right. I think basically that's him redeeming himself for killing off these characters that everybody loved and now he's like okay here's the ending that you wanted and i'll be honest with you at this point in the game with with everything being remade redone we're gonna we're gonna follow this sequel and not these sequels or whatever do whatever the fuck you want it's kind of the wild west with that kind of shit right oh yeah so if you want to do even a metaphorical fucking sequel and call it three from hell in a version where they don't die or, or they are victorious or you know you you want to make the same movie but differently or whatever i say go for it i'm down like you know it makes me happy so i i think people get caught up on on too much of timelines and and this and that and the other thing as opposed to like jamie was saying about the characters and stuff like that's the most powerful stuff to me like you said when they were talking about sid Haig, like i got choked up in the theater too like moments like that you can feel and i think rob zombie definitely noticed that these characters that became iconic now Mm-hmm. I think that they should be looked at a little bit differently going down. And there's no shame in 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 doing, uh, you know, a revisionist history. Not that this movie is that, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, kind of saying, oh, yeah, no, they survived uh, Freebird, you know? Like, yeah, 20 bullets each they got. <laughs> 20 bullets each. And now, that's the thing, too, is, like, you're going into this movie, and they, yeah. and they address it right away. Because everyone... Right. Going into this movie on the tip of everyone's mind is how okay, are they first here? of all, how the fuck did they yeah, exactly. How are they even here? How did they survive that? <laughs> and he says it right you know, he he addresses it right off the bat. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. Nope. It's I mean, it is hard you'd be hard pressed to believe that one person would survive an onslaught like that but the fact that all three of them did, that is completely unrealistic. It would never happen. It's <laughs> but he says it. He says what everyone is thinking. He kind of heads you off with right. that. He's like, I, "Wait, just before you before you say anything, I know what you're thinking." And so here it is, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's funny because he's very self aware right. about that. Whole- that's good. And I don't think Fifty Cent could survive that many bullets. <laughs> I was gonna say that. That's so funny. <laughs> But yeah, and it's just like with the baby being weird thing. He heads you off. You know, it's it's like, I know that's what you're thinking. So here's my response. You're thinking, how are they going to survive that? Well, here's my response. They just did. And you're thinking, wow, baby's acting fucking weird. Well, then Otis is like, well, baby's getting wacky. She's so getting wacky. <laughs> he addresses 
he addresses everything and it's basically him saying i'm going to do whatever the fuck i want and but i'm going to address it in the film so you know i'm i know what i'm doing like i know that i know you know that i know that you know that i know that i know that you know exactly <laughs> yeah. for you guys though now lacy said she didn't feel it was necessary now did you guys feel like devil's rejects would have been more powerful if they ended there or do you think that that this was a good addition to it or I thought it was a good addition. Like, there was a movie that I remember feeling, why is this necessary? Um, Trancers 2. <laughs> no, that was very necessary. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what she means, and I did not feel that here. No? I'm glad it was made. I, yeah. Right on. Yeah, I think it was... I think it was I think it was necessary and I think for the same reason... I mean, not necessary as in, like, the world would shatter if it didn't exist, <laughs> but... For the reason that I said earlier, I think this was his way of giving people who love the Firefly family the ending that right. they wanted. And right. so for that reason, it is necessary. If you mm. want to see those characters come out on top, if you want right. to see them actually survive it, then this is that's he made that movie for he made this movie for those people. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think we all wanted more of that. And that's what freaks me out when people complain that it is more of that. It's um, like people are really impossible to to please. Like, look, look what happened with uh, Halloween 2018 when like you give all these people all these Easter eggs and they bitch about it. They're like, okay, enough with the goddamn nods, man. Just start make. Why don't you focus on this movie? And you should have done this. You should stop calling her a grandmother and all this bullshit. And it's oh. like, it's like, th- but you're supposed to want that. That's right. What you- the nods are the nods are fan service and that is what fans love and you should love and even though it was like how can you have nods to movies that did that you're not even in the same universe they don't exist as far as this timeline is concerned asshole it's it's, you know uh, Halloween 3 had nothing to do with Michael Myers to any timeline but I loved seeing those masks (laughs) in 2018 but I love seeing them watch Halloween on TV you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. that too, in Halloween 3, right. It's there for the fans, and you should appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. I got a kick at it. Every time I could pick out something in that movie was like, that Yay. was a nod to something else, it got me excited. And people don't get it, too. It doesn't take away from the other movies. Also, too, it doesn't affect anything going on in the movie that you're watching, either. It's just a nod. Like, chill the <laughs> fuck out, dude. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. Except, like, make geeks like us giddy about it and, and fucking squeal. You know, it's like that, yeah, that's wait, what it's there for. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the people who made the movie are just as geeky about this shit as I am. That's exactly which it. makes right. me happy. Because I would have done the same thing. Yes! Think of the jokes we make about my movie that goes to Michael Myers. Like, you said if we were doing something, there would be a red bucket in the background. Like, that's exactly what they're doing with these real movies. Like, we already joke and said we would have somehow have a red bucket by Michael (laughs) walk past a red bucket. Like, in someone's backyard, right? So, why wouldn't you have the three masks from Halloween 3 with the kids running around the neighborhood? That was great. Why doesn't that make sense to you? Like, what, are you fucking crazy? Like, relax. That's what we do. We're fans. That's what you do when you're a fan. You put those little things in. Right. Uh, I mean, what are you not getting about that? (laughs) Right. So back to this movie. So um, Alvarez from Sons of Anarchy, 
He <laughs> is going to take revenge against another Sons of Anarchy alumni. So Danny Trejo. Skeleton Crew alumni, too. So yeah, Skeleton Crew alumni. Um, Danny Trejo, when he was killed, you know, obviously they make it cl- I forgot if they make it clear to people who may have forgotten, but he was one of the two, like, uh, bounty hunters or whatever. Bounty hunters. The one with Diamond Dallas Page. The unholy two. Now, let me be a huge question to ask you guys, too. So what happened there, to Diamond Dallas Page? Well, <laughs> no, because nobody cares, first of all. But second of all, no, I know I didn't. Like, he wasn't No, I don't missing. care either. No, I wasn't missing him, right? That Danny Trejo scene, though, did he really forget who Bill Mosley was and what, how everything went down? How could he forget? What? And he's like the biggest criminal in the world at the point. At that point, what? everyone knows him. He was shot. He didn't hear about the fucking guy shot twenty times, right? Who he was actively going after? At, he like, was I don't surveilling even... this guy. He knew everything <laughs> about this guy. He, Do you, you remember know, me? No. He was tracking this guy, and the right. fact that he doesn't remember it—that's stupid. <laughs> that was weird, right? Like he just totally disregarded him. I was like, wait. I was like, that's what that that really threw me off. I'm not gonna lie. I did not like that. I was like, we just saw these guys like have such an epic battle. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets. Then he drops his first well you're gonna remember me motherfucker right 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 right. yeah do, so do you think he sacrificed it just for that line <laughs> i guess just hey, like the you really... baby thing he wanted that line in there so bad that he made him forget him yeah exactly <laughs> now do do you feel that bill mosley thinks these guys really fuck mothers or is that just like a catchy thing he says do you think uh i think he likes the uh flexibility of it well how it could be used in both instances <laughs> Right, so if you fuck someone's money... Yeah, you could actually be literal and you could just be sarcastic. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If only at some point he had told someone happy Halloween, motherfucker. Ooh. (laughs) You don't... Oh, or when he burnt Alvarez, he could have said fried chicken, motherfucker. You know what's fucked up, though? Here's (laughs) what... This is chicken fucker. Oh, he said, yeah, chicken fried, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. No, but, like, here, here's my thing with Rob Zombie. I was, in that same podcast when he's talking to fucking Joe Rogan. Guys, he tells two different stories. First of all, when he first got to New York, one of the first things, like, when he got off the, the plane or the bus or whatever, he saw a dead body there or whatever. Not so much that story, but his family grew up in the circus, right? I didn't know any of this. But no, they were basically carnies, right? And he just was around these scumbaggy people. That explains and, a lot. Yeah, yeah and it really does. No, but here's where it gets crazy. So it was like a carnival setup and all of a sudden somebody uh just took a hammer and fucking cracked this guy right in his face with it, like right in his head. And then somebody started shooting. There was gunfire or whatever, all at this like carnival or whatever. And he was like, and these are the type of things that happened when I was a kid. And like you said, I was like, that makes perfect fucking sense. It does. Well, I've always said, if you judge, if you judge the way that he writes his characters, I mean, judging from the way that he writes his characters rather, he thinks most people are assholes. You would think, yeah, he he grew up and, and lived his entire life surrounded by scumbag assholes. <laughs> right, right. So there you go. Like, yep. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And for any carnies out there listening, I'm not calling all carnies scumbag assholes. No, just like 90% of them. Actually, uh, 4% of our audience are carnies. So, guys, we do apologize in advance. <laughs> 
but well, a lot of them, a okay. lot of them are. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I think so, actually. Actually, one of my one of my best friends, her boyfriend used to be a carny. And this is the funny thing: is he comes from a really rich family. Like he uh, he comes from like this really nice rich family, and he ran off and joined the carnival. <laughs> mm. Steve O oh, did that. Guys, I went to Adventureland, and they had Oktoberfest there, and they so they had it all decked out in Halloween stuff or whatever. But because it was Oktoberfest and twenty one plus, they had all the normal games that you would have. You know, the squirt gun in the clown's mouth, make it go up and stuff like that. But instead of prizes like stuffed animals, you won shots. Yeah, you Ooh, won alcohol. Nice. Isn't that the greatest fucking idea ever? Um, that was that was one of the funnest days though. They they had the whole place decked out. But uh, I think it, talking about thirty one too. We just went to a haunted house the other night. Yo, this was the craziest shit ever. You want to talk about like. You know, because we've seen every haunted house movie. We just watched Haunt recently. The Haunting in Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> the Haunting in Connecticut 3, uh, Alabama. But um, That was the really good one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the second so one, Haunting in Connecticut 2, A Haunting in Georgia. Yeah, that's what it was, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, I, so <laughs> we're in there, and it's it's in an old, uh, you know, meatpacking factory, and it's all decked out. It's fucking crazy. You got a lot of shit going on. Was it, was it shamrock meat? It was, Yeah, kind of. It, but it was actually a Slipknot one. It was fucking slipknot. badass. Yeah, it was a Slipknot-based haunted house, right? So we go in there, and there's a point that we're all caged in. They take a group of people, and you're in a cage, and there's fucking guys one of the creepiest biggest fucking dudes in there sees Lacey and he starts saying her name <laughs> Lacey I saw dude it was bad Lacey Luhu focused in on her talk about adding to the experience like she was so fucking freaked out she's like how does he fucking know me <laughs> she's like what do you mean oh dude yeah exactly oh no there was a lot of what do you means in that cage yeah, you Lady. never let you never let the haunted house people know your name. That is because once yeah, they know your name, don't say names out loud, right? It is all, and so which is why whenever our friends go, we we always pick one, and then we say their name through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll fuck with them. <laughs> Jamie, now I was thinking back. None of us said her name outside. That same guy went up to her outside and started fucking with her, got all up in her face and stuff like that. So she didn't recognize him, but I think she probably went to high school with him or he knew her. Some, you know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that makes sense. But holy fuck, did it add to the experience? Oh, it must have been such a great experience. Oh, my God. It was fucking amazing. But anyway, sorry. Back to Three from Hell. Three from Hell, right. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so – Oh, how do you? What do you think about um, a baby being this fucking marksman in every way, shape, and form? Like she could throw a goddamn knife. Loved it. Bow and arrow. A bow and arrow, fucking these guys up. Now, when these guys first came by, when they first rolled up, this death squad, whatever they're called, did you think that at least one of these three people would die? Um, I did not think they were all going to survive. No, I kind of figured. I honestly thought right. that that Foxy would probably buy it because the new guy, right? Yeah. Um, as far as her being such a total badass, with it, I thought that was hot. I I loved yeah, the fact I, that yeah. she was just a dead shot with everything. I loved it. I love that about her. Who is a dead eye, Annie? 
you, we're really not in a world of believability at this point, uh, especially when they're all wearing masks and it's very out there. It's uh, and I don't know if you've ever shot a real bow and arrow. It's very difficult. Oh yeah, it's hard to do. So man. not only to, like for her aim, but just her strength alone. Like, but then again, she is forty nine and she looks like that. So I wouldn't put it past her that she could do that. But honestly, like in real life, I don't believe that could happen. But like I said, all uh, all believability is kind of thrown out the window when I'm watching three from hell. Oh no, I wasn't saying was it realistic. I was just saying, what do you think of it? Oh, I loved I just, it. No, 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 I loved it. That's what I'm saying. I was completely on board, but I didn't think it was realistic at all. But but that that uh, suspense of, of believability, or did I just say that correctly? Uh, uh, you did suspend disbelief. Yes, suspended. So going there, it was great. It was almost like going there in Lords of Salem. Like you just, you, you're on for the ride, you know? Um, and I wasn't necessarily thinking those things, and that's a good thing. Like you're in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just like with any action film, you mm-hmm. know, um, you pick any action movie and the the star of that action film is going to always hit the mark. They're going to not get right. killed. They're going to, you know, so you just have to kind of take take that as it comes like this. You, this totally. is who the character is. I love that you can plop baby down in a room with six or seven big ass huge dudes yeah. and she's going to be the she's going to be the one walking out. Right. Um when those two uh when I mentioned the camera Lesbians. work earlier and <laughs> yeah, when I mentioned talking about the camera work and you're like, "Well, he does it on purpose. So you don't know who's going to win the fight." Like like we don't know who's going to win the fight. There is no <laughs> question at all. When you throw her in with there with those two women, if you think anything other than baby's going to kick their asses and come and be standing there covered in blood at the end, right. then you don't have never seen baby firefly in action like that (laughs) clearly that's what's gonna happen and i love that it happens though like i Mm. to me it's not a question of oh my god is she gonna be okay it's a question of she's gonna fuck them up so bad Ah, and i'm so excited about it like it it just it excites me because i i do really love her as and how badass she is and whether it's believable or not i don't care i just right exactly you know yeah if i want to see reality i'll go outside yeah. It's fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that she can throw a knife, like like with the knife throwing contest, was there any doubt at all that she was going to smoke the dudes? No, no, absolutely not. You knew that's what was going to happen, so that's okay. I I thought they were going to retaliate though. Uh yeah. Thought they might have done something to get revenge on her for making him look like assholes or something, and then she would kill him or something. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I know. Oh, you know what else I love too? I just love her confidence when the the naked bitch takes off running, yeah. and baby's like, "I got her," <laughs> and right. she does. Like she oh, yeah. her down and then just slaughters her. In the oh, when she was shot. laughing and chasing her. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I just I, mean, I love that. I love the fact that she's there's no oh my god I have to go after her. It's I got her. I got this. I'll say this too. We've been talking a lot about her, uh, more so than Bill Mosley, um, and he did a great job too. So did Richard Brake. I think that out of all three of them, though, she kind of stole, stole the, show the show in this yeah. one. And I also think that more than anything, I mean, Jesus Christ, you think this will shut people up and say, "Oh, she can't act." The only reason she's in it is because of Rob. Like, nah, she's pretty fucking good. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm seeing something pretty fucking awesome. Um, I think that debate should should be ended at this point. You're gonna have the detractors who say that she's over the top, even though I already heard that already. 
Yeah, she's over the top on purpose. There is no question about that. Of course, yeah. it's on she purpose. Didn't, she's not acting that way because she's not talented. She's acting right. that way because that's what he wants her to do. Exactly. And she's doing what she's ex- what is expected of her, and I think she does a great job. Now, do I think it makes sense? Not completely, but then right. that's why I said I feel like that was Rob Zombie wanting to have some fun with this character, wanting yeah. to see her do those things, and then he explains it away by having Otis say, "Yep, she's a nut." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just it was very self indulgent, right? But that's who he is as a filmmaker now. Exactly. That's, he he has no fucks to give. Yeah, you said fuck everyone. That's what he said. Yeah, yep. and you know what? I'm I don't have a problem with that. Like, make make the movie that you want to make. I don't. And either people are going to like it or they, or they don't. And if you are thick skinned enough to where you can take that criticism and not give a shit, then which he clearly is, then I don't. I think that's fine. You know, he uh, he, he had he wanted to see her do these things. She did those things. And I think it shows that she's very capable. I, I couldn't, honestly, Jamie, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. I always put Rob Zombie in that Kevin Smith, Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez category. Not necessarily that they're all the uh, same level of talent. No, uh, but they're but very they do what they, they want. They have their own thing. Right, right. And, and they just, the, the love of the movies um it you can really see it when they make their movies and like you said i think this was a really um a o to the fans and a realization of maybe characters you didn't think were going to blow up but they did blow up and they're iconic now they are fucking iconic characters and i think that they're beloved um and like you said obviously you're gonna have your haters but i just love how he's just doing his fucking thing just just doing whatever the fuck he wants throwing midgets in there i just love it was that midget the same one from um yes, yes. okay because i hated him in that other movie and i really liked Horrible, him here. right i hated him in 31 right well i hated him. oh that was so sad in, in this movie oh, he, he gets mauled he right. had my heart it was but and that's what i love about that too is yep. baby was pissed Right? You know, I mean, like, right? and you don't usually see them give any sorts of damn about people who aren't related to them. But, you know, he was kind to her and he, you know, he took up for her and he helped her. And so there was a connection there. And her reaction when he got killed was kind of heartbreaking. It was like, look, they do have a heart after all. Like they're fucking psycho killers. But and that's I guess if you think about it hard enough, it falls apart. Because nobody who is as psychotic and murder happy as they are is, you know, there's really nothing redeeming about them. Yet the way Zombie portrays them, they have these redeeming qualities and it doesn't really work. Like it doesn't fit if you think about it. But at the same time, I don't want to think, I don't think about it that hard. I just think, you know, I'm in the moment. So um, in House of a Thousand Corpses, I don't have that feeling for them. I, (laughs) I, I don't like them. You know, I'm I'm not on their side. They're horrible people. They are clearly the villains. They are, you know, and the, the turn is made in Devil's Rejects. And I think it's turned even more in this movie, because honestly, from the very beginning, I'm on their side in this movie. All right. Right. Exactly. Well, we're just happy they're here at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, and then like the whole time, I want them to, I want them to win. I want them to get away. I want them to, you know, I'm on board with it. So it's kind of weird. Like if you watch the progression between right. House and this film, it's um, 
It's kind of like this weird progression where they turn from these just outright monsters into uh, people that actually have feelings. I mean, I think in this film, more than in Devil's Rejects, especially, they, um, you know, they they had the heartfelt moment when they're talking about Cutter. We have that moment right. when um, when Baby is cradling the you know the little dead guy. Mm. You've got, right, um, right, right. It's you. You have more uh, more moments where you can kind of uh, sympathize with them. Right. Then of course you have the ending that we have, which is which makes me very happy. I wouldn't have wanted uh, it to end any other way. They turn that dude into Freddy Krueger, man. <laughs> he got toasted the same way Tig's daughter did. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a wild ending, and it just ended, and that's it. And then somebody asked Rob Zombie. That shot. Yeah, they asked Rob Zombie. Um, well, this is clearly more open ended. So, are we going to see more of the uh, these Devil's Rejects? And he said there are absolutely zero plans for. A sequel, but I hope everybody goes out and buys this on Blu-ray. Uh, I know Jerry Vitetta got it in 4K Blu-ray, so I would like oh, to see nice. that. Yeah, I I never buy 4K Blu-ray. For, I, I always go for the cheaper one because I don't care that much, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I always go for the just the regular Blu-ray. Cause it, I, I bought the Walmart version. It was $16, and it, I got a free sh- Disco Suck shirt. <laughs> I saw that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid bitch I posted. I was lucky enough to see it in the theaters one of the three nights that it went in the theaters and uh, they got a little poster with it which was pretty cool but um, I gotta say it was fun seeing it with an audience too because like I said like you said that shift you know mm-hmm. completely not like Devil's Rejects yeah they want us over now it's like I just want to see him kick ass and just kill all those mass dudes and shit like that we've been loving them and wanting more and then it just you know and that's why I think the comedy in this movie, like you said, with the brains and shit like that. Oh, I thought that was a sweet spot. That whole end sequence with all the violence going on and, and all these all these fucking awesome situations, all these characters going up against each other. I thought it was fucking intense. And I thought more than anything, it was just fun. Like it was a fucking blast. And you're hearing the whole crowd laugh like a lot and I'm like oh great like they get it too you know and I think that like I said like we were saying before Rob Zombie is definitely not everybody's everybody it's easy he's an acquired taste for sure but if you can get on board with that like it's so much fucking fun like the end of that movie like I went out of there just fucking smiling ear to ear I think he's okay when he's making something where it works, like where right. his style works. Right. With Devil's Rejects, with this, I think it works. Right. Halloween 2. Um, okay. <laughs> um, with- <laughs> I knew you were going to. Listen, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's some people shot of tequila. Ah. There you go. Ooh. There you go. Tequila in Mexico. There's- there it is. That's why I said that. Tequila three, tequila right. four. <laughs> One tequila, two, three, three from hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, this could be like our theme for this podcast. We're the three from hell. Gee, I feel like I've heard that before. I feel like I feel like you fucking said it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was trying to steal it from my own. I figured you guys forgot about it. Yeah, he figured we forgot, it and he's the one who edits the show. <laughs> yeah, asshole. So guess what? You never said that in the beginning, now, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I got the power, baby. <laughs> So how do you like my joke, guys? (laughs) 
My favorite part of that whole thing is that you just called me bitch. I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I meant, you know, bitch like when you no, say it normal. awesome. <laughs> he meant in general terms. I thought he a bitch. Yeah, bitch. Like, yeah, bitch. What do you think about that, bitch? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but no, it was. I thought it was a great addition. I love seeing these characters back, man. Fuck. I, 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 do I want to see more? I don't know. But if they make one, like, yeah, dude, I'll be there. Of course. Oh, yeah, of course. How could you Here's resist? the thing. is like I, like I said earlier, like, Rob Zombie doesn't have a great track record with me necessarily. But for right. whatever reason, if he makes a movie, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> like, I, I know, ever, right? I don't ever stop watching his movies. Like even with 31, which, oh, my God, was terrible. But <laughs> I really just don't like that movie. But nobody I, does. I, you know, I yeah. watched it. You know, and even if I hear nothing but shitty reviews, <laughs> you gotta see before it. Before I see it, I've stuck. Right. Gotta see it. You know. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know what it is. You know what my the the fun thing that I like going into it is you see <laughs> I saw a bunch of hateful reviews. Uh, you know, people that saw it before I did, and when I say hateful, I mean like the most ridiculous reviews ever and all i could think is did you see the devil's rejects like what like what do you mean like it just made no sense to me so i love those people that try and go above and beyond trying to say this is the worst fucking movie ever it, it no first of all it's definitely not and second people of all say that about the witch but people just are right. stupid that's all i mean I think because these movies get so much attention, people want to be on the other side of it and take it to an extreme. No, it's not that extreme. Like, it's very well done. There's no way you can say this is the biggest piece of shit ever, especially if you're saying in the same sentence that you think Devil's Rejects is really good. Go fuck yourself. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, it's just like anytime, you know, you see all the time someone will ask on Facebook, like, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? And inevitably, someone's right. going to say It Follows. Right. Someone's going to say right. The Babadook. Right. Someone's going to say The Witch. That's just going against the grain, man. Yeah. I mean, and get out of here with that. That is I not hate the, the worst. Babadook. If those, I hate that movie so much, but I would never say this. The worst movie at what? No. If those are the worst movies right. you've ever seen, <laughs> you, then you have not watched a lot of movies. No, they're an amazing uh, movie picker when when they're going through Netflix. Like, holy shit. Right? If those are the worst <laughs> movies you ever picked, you're a, you should play the fucking lottery, dude. Cause... That's a good idea. I should keep those people on my contacts right? list and ask them what yes. Yeah, what should I watch next? All day, yeah. Clearly, they've never watched a sci-fi movie before. How about, how about Lifetime? Like, how much time <laughs> you got? I'll point you in the right direction. Like, These are out. amazing motherfuckers, man. Like, oh, right? Have you ever even seen Trancers? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm... dude, you gotta stop with that shit. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta stop. Oh, sorry. I'm all about people having their own opinion. And, and, right. and you can have your opinion, and I think that's fine. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong as far as, like, whether you like or dislike I the film. Will. But if you're going to say something as ridiculous as, you know, It Follows is the worst movie I've ever seen, I cannot take you seriously. I just right. can't. Because that's bullshit. If you reach that far to make a statement, I'm sorry. I just don't want to hear anything else you have to say. I still don't get the whole seashell phone thing, but we'll move on. Neither do I, but you know what? <laughs> I've, I've learned to live without that I can live. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> wow, that was fun. I was really interested in getting into that movie, and I'm so glad. Um, that's It's an interesting movie, though, because I feel like my next viewing, uh-huh. I'm either going to fucking love it even more, 
and I'm so afraid I'll like it less. Right. I don't want to. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm deathly afraid of that. Yeah. But, but you know what's great about that, though? I think that over time, I think everybody kind of says that where they're very much more aware of this is my second watch. This is my right. whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a big part of it, too. You know, I think time is a big is a big factor too. a, a little time between yeah. seeing the movie oh, yeah, you and should have like time. Really getting yeah. into it. Because, I mean, how many times have I made that mistake where I didn't even want to podcast on Joker when I did it? Because I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Just give me a minute. You know, right, right, right. like I just need a minute. But uh, with this definitively, it was awesome for me. I, I just I loved it, man. Like there's certain things in life where maybe, yeah, you won't feel it. But at that moment in the theater, I fucking love that movie. And I have a good feeling that I'll I'll dig it just as just as much uh, on second watch, too, man. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably like it more on second watch. Yeah, and <clears throat> because, like I said in the beginning, it took a while to took a while Start for cooking. me to get into it. Yeah. And now that it, when I go in for a second watch and I know that once it starts to cook, like once right. once baby gets out of prison, so I'll be anticipating that part and the first part won't seem so long. So yeah, right. I'm well, really no. kind of excited about a second watch because I think I'm going to like it more. And now you know when the D. Wallace scene comes up so you can fast forward it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so weird. She's so I know, weird. right? <laughs> it's so weird. Ugh. To Helen, to Helen back, the making a three from hell four part documentary. Oh, okay. Whatever. Did you guys read the article about is that Rob Zombie lying about Sid Haig? Yeah. So supposedly he has two more movies coming out, and when Rob Zombie realized, or you know, when everybody saw he died, Rob supposedly Rob Zombie felt this is a great opportunity to to save my bomb of a film, as somebody put it, by presenting it as the last movie Sid Haig will ever be in. And somebody said, well, actually, Rob, he's, there's, there's, he's going to be in two more movies after this. And he goes, not that, not ones anyone will see. So he now promoted this everywhere for that, that last week or two as Sid Haig's final film. So people are questioning his uh, moralities or, or whatever. Um, I guess that's kind of low to like use a buddy's death to sell more movies. I guess. I mean, I don't know what I would say. I w- I'd say it's one of his last <laughs> or something like well, that. Well, I mean, yeah, like I'm sure. I, listen, that that's his fucking role. That's how everybody knows him. He's an icon for that. Like if it's technically his last one, who cares? Like he's recognizing that he's a legend and people – People will, you know, enjoy the fact that, yeah, this was his last movie that kind of he did go out on top. You know, we talked about that with several actors that that, you know, I think of Luke Perry recently. There have been certain people, uh, Robert Forrester with the Breaking Bad thing, like people that have died basically going out on top. And uh, I don't know. I don't think if you if you try and and flip that any other way that's just fucking trying to look for for trouble i don't think there was anything that, i don't think there was any malicious intent. ill will or yeah no not at all well there was the whole thing about him saying that you know they had to he had to sneak him on set because he was like at death's door so and so frail yeah. um yeah but then it turns out that his 
the the next movie was filmed months after this was filmed, you know. Right. And right. so it just I, the way it because the way going into the film, the way it looks is like he was barely alive. Right. And I could only get him for one day and he had to be sitting down. And, right. you know, this is all we could get out of him because he was about to keel over right then. Well, maybe on that day, though, he was because he was in poor I mean, health. For a while, so yeah, I know was. it can go back and forth too. So I, I don't know. Like I know people have their good days and bad days, and I'm assuming that it's probably just a bad day for him. I mean, yeah. I'll go along with. It. I don't. I personally feel that that I always got the impression that Rob Zombie loved him. Yes. I don't think he would maliciously use his death. Fuck no. You know, for his own gain. I just don't see it. And if you no. saw, like, his tweet when Rob Zombie, oh, Rob Zombie, when Sid Haig died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Zombie's tweet about that was really touching. And mm. I think it the was, cost I, it felt really <laughs> sincere, you know? Yeah. Yep. So I feel like he did love him. I don't think he's going to use him that way. I think if it did come out that way I just don't feel like it would have been anything like I don't know I I, I just don't I don't know I don't see him being malicious as far as that's concerned I don't hmm. I don't see him capitalizing on his death no or... I don't know I mean cause like we've already said he's at the point where he's ma- you know he's making fuck you movies he doesn't care so right, why does he exactly. why would he give a shit about marketing yeah selling 3,000 more copies he's gonna do that yeah. I mean he's gonna sell out his friend to market this movie when he doesn't give a shit if people like it or not that doesn't make any sense well, I was going to say, like, he also held off supposedly on the information that he's not going to be in it. Like, Rob waited till the last two weeks to let us know that. That I believe. Right. <laughs> I mean, that I think. <laughs> if you look at any promotional material up until the point where the actual poster ca- or the movie, the cover came out. Right. Um, because he's not on the cover. It's the right. actual three on the cover. Right. But if you look at promotional material leading up to that, like the mug shots the and mug everything. Shots, right. It's Sid Haig. Like, he's there. There's no reason to think he's not there. And then all of a sudden, like, right before the movie comes out, oh, Sid Sid Haig's not really in it that much. And, but that's not something you really were privy to the whole time leading up to the movie. Like. Right. So, I did think, I do feel like he purposely kept that quiet. Or maybe that wasn't him. Maybe that was the marketing team. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know whose responsibility that was. But I do know that marketing materials up to that point were heavy on the Sid Haig. I didn't even well, realize Richard Drake was in it until right before it, I mean, right before it came out. Yeah, I think we all got that news at the same time. Well, when you see the uh, when you see the trailer, there's obviously, it shows Sid Haig in the trailer, like in that one scene that he's in. Right. But yeah, the, there's no coincidence, though, that it just so happened he was in bad health and then he died. After he died, that's when Rob Zombie started explaining, obviously, like, yeah, like he was in bad shape that day or whatever. So it's no coincidence that he that he fucking died like a week or a week after the movie came out. Like, you know? Yeah. Hi, kids. Let's talk about it. I would like to talk about the dancing clown. You're all grown up. You're too old. You're all too old to stop me. Ha 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 ha. Oh, wait, there's the other movie. Wait, I'm blending it. You like Pennywise? The dancing clown. Oh, hello, Dad. What's that thing on your face? There's nothing wrong with you. 
people said I was stupid because they heard my podcast. <laughs> but I was just joking with them. You are fucking stupid. <laughs> stupid? I'm not stupid. Come here, let me get a closer look at that face of yours. A little closer. Suddenly it turned into a leprechaun. A little right? closer, lass. <laughs> take a closer look at that face of yours. Take a closer look, Jennifer Aniston. Come on, let's go. Okay, ready? Let ah, me see just... that face of yours, lassie. Oh, no, that was like Jamaican. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I re, I re, man. Let's look at that face. That was like Jack Black and I still know Jamaican. <laughs> Oh my god, I was just listening to a podcast on Haunted Hill about that movie. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, let's go. Come a little closer to me. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Wait, I don't think I sound like Pennywise at all anymore. <laughs> no, it, no. It's, it's like a poo. This watch. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a poo. Okay, well, let's forget all that then. All right, let's yeah. just talk about... <laughs> let's review... review. Yeah, let's do the review we were supposed to do back Ooh. in September. That was pretty good, though. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, I had to redeem myself. <laughs> let's. Uh, we're not going to give a full review, clearly, because this show is so long, you guys probably cannot wait till you have to wait another year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do like a 25, 30-minute review of It's Chapter 2. <laughs> I'm assuming most people have heard most of the major shows review. So let's not just do a full review, obviously, in any sense, but let's talk about some key moments that we definitely think we have something to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. First thing, um, was was that a kid or was that a grown man? See, and that's what confused me too, that he's borderline, right? Like, like how old was that dude, that, that gay dude in the beginning? I, I assumed he was like early 20s. Okay, so isn't it a thing? Like college that- age. Right, and doesn't Pennywise just go after... Because adults stop believing, right. Right, so like, uh, that kind of confused me a little bit, because I was like, well, maybe I'm just seeing it wrong, maybe he's really younger um, than I perceive it. But yeah, yeah, but that that in itself, well, okay, whatever. But um, I'm sorry, but that opening scene was ruthless. Before Pennywise even got there, that was ruthless. Yeah, it's in the book, um, so I guess the movie had to start that way if they were going to hold true. I mean, they didn't have to. I don't know. I think the only reason, the only way on earth that that ties into anything was the whole weird reveal at the end, which right. was was that in the book? I don't remember ever hearing about this. I have no idea. Because <clears throat> that is just, to me, just out of nowhere. I'm like, What? Right, right. Yeah, and I love how they open up at a carnival, though. Um, Like, right out of the gate, that opening scene really set the tone. And like I said, especially for it to get so brutal, and, you know, it's pretty timely, too, uh, you know, in 2019. Um, Well, now, because now it's getting, it's even beyond gay now. Now it's getting into, you could choose your own. Gender. Gender, and you could, yeah, you could choose everything now. So mm-hmm. n- now things are like at a fever pitch, and now people are really rebelling against it. They're like, all right, what the fuck are you all doing? You know, right. so now it's like back up, and now this huge push with political things. Like, so now it's really there. And I feel like, and my thing w- with the racial issue, I feel like that was like two, three, four years ago. Maybe that was more of at a peak. Right. Um, right. Or maybe just two, but. It doesn't seem like it is so much anymore, and I, that's why I thought it was strange that they chose to do one and not the other, and I'm like... Right, right. 
So what do you guys think? You know, I'm, I got to either be mad at or give credit to Jerry Herring because he – I pointed out something in either my original It review or the remake It review. Right. Where uh, – probably the remake review where they did not say the N-word in the remake. Now, they did say it in the original TV show. And I was curious as to why they did not call that to Mike Hanlon. So in this one, I noticed they're willing to say faggot and stuff like that, which is also politically incorrect. But they still will not say that. So And Jerry actually pointed this out, too. So what do you guys think? What is your take on why they chose to do one and not the other while they were both in the original book. <sighs> or maybe it's weird that the, the TV show, whatever it's called, did it. Maybe the miniseries is weird. Back then it was, I mean, it was from the book, you know, so. Right. It, it just, it's like we were watching The Shining the other day. Oh, God, when he says it in the bathroom. Yeah, oh, in the yeah. bathroom. And then, like, Jack Nicholson repeats it. And he's like, <laughs> like, with that, Listen. I love I love the voice that he's like, or the inflection that he uses, like, uh, and I just, like, when he said it, <laughs> yeah. like, I just cringed. I was just like, uh, you know? right. it's like, uh, but it's not like, but in 1980, right. You know, it wasn't anything. Right. Yeah. Well, either way, I don't think we have an answer for it, but it's just this interesting observation that how yeah, they, that they would do one and not the other and they're both. Right. Equally, like on TV now, you couldn't say either. Um, they would ble- I watch YouTube videos now, and they beep out both both of them. <laughs> right. Um, right. Hell, I was listening to a podcast the uh, few weeks ago, and someone played a clip where they used the word faggot, and they bleeped it out. So, um, I don't think I would go that far. Like, if it's in the movie, then and right. you're playing, if you're playing a clip from the movie, just leave right. it there. And right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna censor, you know, I'm not gonna censor the movie if right. I'm using the clip. That's, you know, that's yeah. You're not little... inciting gay bashing or anything. You're just no, and playing what was in the movie. So, <clears throat> well, anyway, yeah. So, uh, what did you guys think overall? See, I felt yeah, this was super long. That's the main complaint and everything. But I gotta say, I enjoy this more than the first half. Oh, number one, first one, yeah, yeah. Really? Is that weird? Like, I know it's a common feeling in the miniseries, but for this, I think it was better. To me, it came down to one big thing, which is the characters. Because the the kids in the first one, their chemistry was so good. It was so good. And in this one, um, I I can break down individually why I really disliked a lot of them. Mainly McAvoy, the casting, just completely threw me off and i love james mcavoy but the casting for that for me it just did not fit and i seriously couldn't get past it uh chastain was okay fine whatever i think she's kind of um there was a lot of hype going into it i don't think she did anything special i think bill Hader, while um while he did really well like really well probably the best out of anybody i'm here and like you know give him an oscar like all right calm down you know, that, that, that's kind of my response to that. Yeah, yeah, that never occurred to me. Yeah, it, didn't, it never occurred to you either, right, Jamie? <clears throat> no. I mean, no, he was I, good. I, yeah. He right. was good. Like, 
I thought everyone was good. I didn't have any problems with any of the casting. As a matter of fact, I think the casting, I think the casting was pretty on point. But I don't, I never watched any of them and said that's Oscar material right there. Like, right. no, I just, you know, he just does what he does, you know. Right. I think, um, I think the, the, the fat kid too, uh, him all grown up, that was oh, perfect. Jay Ryan, yeah, he looked just like him. His, he it's did, nice. and somebody actually said on uh, Facebook that they were saying that he didn't look anything like him. I'm like, what are you talking about? His, all three of us agreed that. Yeah, right. was that Jason Lloyd, maybe? What? I, know I he don't was know. Involved in the conversation, I can't remember which way he went, but the eyes. I think he goes were both ways. Dead on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked just like him, and I, I, that to me was the most spot-on casting for adult versus kid. I think I think well, they nailed not it. Really, right? Isn't the other guy more spot-on? The um, what's his name? The uh, who was he? The the kid who's like sickly, uh, Eddie Kasparak. Wasn't he more spot-on? I can't. Yeah, if I recall, he looked exactly like yeah, him. Right? Dude, he looked. See, okay. Here's my biggest problem with that casting. To me. He was like a man child. He was like a grown man trying to portray a that child. Exact. Yeah. And, but, dude, I, I'll say this. He looks exactly like him, and he sounds like him, and he acts like him, and he nailed it. It's, but it, it just makes you think, like, can you imagine being a kid and then, like, never, like, growing up? <laughs> like, being, like, that immature your whole life, except now you you wear suits to work and, you know. You know what I'm saying? It just it was very childish to me. I think it happens, though. You know what? Well, yeah, I know. I know a lot of people like that. But, I think I'm one of them. But yeah. you think of it. Think of it this way, and this is something I've actually never considered until just now. But when the kids come in and they make the first part, they pretty much nail down how the characters are going to be, how they're going to talk, how they're going to like their mannerisms. Right. And then you come in as an adult actor playing the adult version of the kids. You have to try to match that. Right. And right. make it believable that you're the, that it would be the same person. That's really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, McAvoy was the main problem for me. It, it wasn't that he did a bad job. It's just I don't know. I had an inability to see past it being the, the horde or whatever. You know, like it's just I don't know. Like I just think it was it was odd casting. And honestly, I don't know who I would put in his place, but like. I would almost prefer an unknown uh, in that instance. But here, but here's here's my whole point, though, with the whole casting thing. It was because of those issues that completely threw me off that I didn't feel like the uh, the camaraderie between everyone, and that's why I didn't like it as much as, as uh, the first one. Well, they also didn't have as much time together. Totally, totally. You know, because when the adult version, like, they come together, and then they separate, and then they come together, and then they, I mean, it... When, whereas with the kids, they were together a lot. Right. With the right. adults, they didn't really. And when they did come back together, they didn't remember anything. Right. You know, so you didn't have that same chemistry that you had initially. Right. And they didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time together. So. Right. Right. Kind of weird. They repeatedly had these like private missions. Well, that's and that's another yeah. problem I have with it. Right. Right. It was weird. Like it's like we were doing it again. Like in in all these it you know iterations. Like there's always their solo moments with Pennywise, and in this one, I feel like they did it. I only watched it once, so if I'm saying things like I feel like and I think, that's because I, I might be wrong. Um, I feel like they did it all twice, right? 
I, I, everybody needed their what was it like that little totem thing? <laughs> like, 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 like I remember the kids had to pick the door again or something. Right, yeah. right, right. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like fuck that clown. Like fuck this clown. Whatever he said, he does it again. Um, even with the line. Um, I, yeah, I, and I agree that that's what kind of threw me off too was all the solo missions, and they all kind of went the same more or less. Um, and and then come to find out they didn't even need to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess by by Mike's whole theory, like they really did, you know, so they could work up, you know, uh, having to deal with their fear. But still, it's like, I, I don't know. I kind of would have been pissed at Mike, too. I would have been like, you fucking dick. Right. <laughs> like, because all those fucking people, like that old lady, man. Ugh, like, oh, that is the those, best. I know. They're all so creepy. But um, but they all kind of did the same thing, which is like just be big and yeah, and then run towards the fucking camera and <laughs> have the music start and rah! and then it's it just happened like several times and I'm like, okay, I'm like that that happened once, okay, that same thing happened again. Right? Did you guys see the review of the nostalgia critic for this? No, I believe so. You really should. Yeah. It, it'll open your eyes to so many things that like and he, it's weird he, he chose a really interesting comparison like in doing so he went with the clown route mm-hmm. and it's basically the Joker against the Pennywise movies both of them okay so it's old Pennywise and new Pennywise in this dressing room with the Joker and basically they're saying how they're gonna approach their movie while how he's approaching his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's, oh, even the cat thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're fighting. <laughs> it really is an eye-opener to just how dumbed down this movie is. Right. Like, they're not even trying on any level. They think just getting big and yelling in your face right. is the way to... <laughs> I did right. notice a, a definite upswing in jump scares right. in this film versus the first one. Um, We did have some moments that I think really worked for me. Like my favorite moment in the film scare wise is the little girl under the bleachers. Yeah. Okay. Jamie. Yes. Continue, please. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like that really worked. It creeped me out. And the whole time, like I know that things aren't going to end well for her. So, you know, I'm creeped out for her. And it's kind of heartbreaking the way he's talking to her. And it's just, it's just like, and it was so, he was so charismatic that you almost want to believe him, you know? And I'm like, oh, the poor little girl. He's like, I'm telling the truth this time. It's nothing to do with killing people. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. He's going to, you know. Okay. Problem with that scene. um, Why did he need her to get that close? And who is she? Why are we she, okay, watching she, this? Just a she, random kid. I she was the girl from earlier in the movie, same as the little kid. Both little the kids skateboard were, kid? were in the movie. Yeah, were in the movie. And, and the kid that also ran up to Bill Hader and, and uh, you know. I he, love he thought, that moment. I know. That was great, right? I want a photograph. I, I'm good. I think uh, I'm, I'm good. all, yeah, I'm all set. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, that was great. Those were the same kids that came back. He was the one that McAvoy tried to get out of the, um, that, sure. that thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I didn't understand, like, the little girl, because she had the birthmark. That's the only reason I really knew it was her from earlier. But she's right there. Why doesn't, like, does he not have the ability to eat her? Like, is it the fear that, like, I, I, I'm just, a I'm just wondering cute. if he wasn't strong enough at that point to, you, uh, yes right 
Right. Well, and I like that moment right before he was like a little closer, and then he just kind of stares there, blank, blankly, yes. right before he ah, oh, love it. But if you think about it, like he. He never has to really talk to anyone or scare anyone, but he says you taste so much better when you're afraid. He said that in the original. Ah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, he's, he cultivates the fear. It's like a flavor profile. Yes. Because right. otherwise he would just come up from behind him and bite their heads off. Right. So there has to be something to this, yeah. And I'm, gl- I'm so glad you brought up that scene, though, because that's my, that's my favorite scene as well. But... I got to say, like, and I got to jump back to the beginning real quick. That opener, like, after they threw the kid over and then Pennywise gets him in the river. Yeah. Um, holy fuck, that was an opener and a half. Like, he just took a chunk right out of him and he was dragging him out of the water. That that image of him just standing there holding his body, like, that was fucked up shit. Oh, and with then, all the balloons coming in? Well, and then that scene, too, I was just going to say, then all the balloons come in. That image, I got to be honest with you, that's, like, what a nightmare is like for me. That's, like, nightmare fuel. That's how that's how bizarre they are, and it's just odd and, and just fucking creepy as hell. So that opener got me. I was like, oh, that was fucking dope. That was, like, the, the ultimate Pennywise scene. But I got to say, almost all of his scenes in this movie fucking blew the other one out of the water. Oh, the first, way better. Part one. What blew them out of the water, I was so happy with the use of Pennywise. He wasn't in it as much, but I think that's better for it. Cause what, and what we did get was fire. Was fire. Yeah, yeah, Bill was way better this time as Pennywise. Like, he really channeled... Like, I think he did it in the first movie, too, but... He got to live that movie and breathe it, and now he's back, you know, and he he had, you know, it was just, it's, you always get better, I guess, as you keep going. Totally. But yeah, he just tapped into that so well. Now, I'm not going to compare him to Tim Curry, two different animals, two different budgets, <laughs> two different, um, cap- like, what they allow to be on this screen here. Right. Obviously, Tim, Tim Curry's not allowed to do what's happening in a miniseries on television. So we really can't compare the two. Um, I could definitely say I think they both maxed out what they could have done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, I think they both reached the potential of the character. Yeah, I still think uh, to me, Bill Skarsgård is my Pennywise. Like, I still think he, he owned it. I loved him. I loved him, Curry. I do just on the whole. But. I just never found it scary. I never really, to me, it came off mostly silly, even as a kid. So, well, when, in 1990, I wasn't even really a kid anymore, but <laughs> I was 16. But, you know, um, I I look at Bill's performance and I just feel like he killed it. I and mean, he owns this role. Like, to me, he is the better Pennywise. That is, he is my choice. Tim Curry didn't have this the options. Well, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. He was right. he was kind of hamstrung by what he could do on television and what you know you could get away with at the time. Like special effects. He had no special effects. If that same version were made today and it was done on like uh, AMC or something like that, right. he could. They could have gone a lot farther. They could have gotten away with a lot more. But it just you know I can't really. I can't really judge on what we could have had or what he could have done. It's just what exists. And well, that's why I said he maxed out what he could have done. Yeah, you no, know, he did. But I still think I—I I don't know. There's something I—I I love the, 
I honestly feel like Bill brings more personality to the role as far as that's true. The like his emotions and like I feel that there are actual there's an actual personality behind that. Right. Well, I, okay. Here's my thing. I I honestly don't compare the two because, like I said, I'm so disconnected from the '90s one that, <laughs> I, and I've I've seen it since, and I still just think it's corny and cheesy as fuck. But Tim Curry as Pennywise is great. If the if that miniseries was a little bit more um, tonally different, I, I guess it is a product of his time too. But it's it's not so much uh, Tim Curry that there's nothing that I don't like. But I just think that this one fits in with this universe, uh, with with this movie that they made, movies I should say that they made surrounding it. And I wanted to bring this up too because I think this is a big part of it. Where there's definitely been a resurgence as of late. Um, some sometimes more steady than others, but it definitely spikes with Stephen King stuff, right? We we are in uh, we are on a fucking wave right now. Like it is it is everywhere. Like literally everywhere. Whether it be TV, whether it's you know the fucking Shining sequel coming out. Like it's literally everywhere. Castle Rock. Like it's this is this is one of those things where I think people are gonna look back on and say you know and, and of course then you get your pet cemeteries too, which wasn't the greatest. Oh, you, see, I like that a lot. Okay, so there you go. But that, that's great, though. That's awesome. You like the your, the new one? Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. No, I liked it, too. And oh, no shit. I like the... Well, I love how... I love the changes that they made. I love the fact that they did it. And the very last shot, to me, right. was just, like, the money shot. That, yeah. that end of that movie, I love it. I, nice. I just... Okay. And I know that I'm in the minority with that, because most people don't like it. There are things about it I didn't like, but... I love the ending. To me, that was like, oh, so dark. It was, yeah, exactly. It was very dark, and you've even got the cat involved. Oh, like it was. All the changes were fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, oh, what a way to refresh this. And I kind of saw this switch coming with the kids, and I think that the one they chose had more impact here. Because think about it, Cage was really what was he in the original? I mean, just kind of ran around. Really, he didn't have any. He didn't do anything. He was just there. So that was that his loss and and the emotion that came along with that had to depend on the fact that you had to be sad about someone losing a toddler, you know, just in general. Right, right. This you actually got to know the the kid and mm-hmm. I feel like it had a little more and there were some odd choices here and there that I don't 100% agree with, but for the most right. part I was okay with it. I still love the original, though like yep. I am crazy about the original when I didn't think it needed to be remade, but this to me when they when they when we ended with that ending, I was like, "Oh, score!" Because right. you have like the whole family and little Gage is all alone in that car, and they're they're going to get in that car, you know? Like it just it's it was it was just creepy as fuck. So yeah. good. Ah, oh, it's one of my new favorite movies, definitely. But that's great though that you guys loved it because that kind of furthers my point though. There's so much good shit lately, and. You know, like you were mentioning back, what, like 80s, early 90s, there was a big 
like Stephen King, like Spike then, you know? Um, but then it, it died down. It's always been consistent, obviously. You know, you got, you got uh, what's that fucking show? Uh, the Bubble oh, Creep Show. show that. Uh, that one too, yeah. But like, you get all these, all these movies being made and all these TV show adaptations being made now that now it's like in its fucking heyday, I think, or, or one of it, one of its, you know, resurgences. But so if you're going to look at it that way, then you gotta, you gotta put it as King's most recognizable, if not top five most recognizable, you know, titles, correct? Right? Of course, yeah. I think it says number one book, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I just love the the quality of movie that they're pumping out uh, that's behind this. And then you've got Skarsgård just fucking murdering this role. Like, so many great things came together. And shit, I mean, this is even more than a cameo for Stephen King, I think, in this movie. He's straight in the movie at one point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he loves it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He approves, I guess. Do you guys like all the inside jokes about how everyone thinks he can't finish a book? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it. that was phenomenal. And his loved it. His uh, cameo was perfection. I just wasn't it. Yeah. I was all. I was really happy about that. I thought that was super fun. Right. It was great. I wonder who told him that he can't end things well. Like, how I mean, many... he's on Twitter all the time. He sees it. <laughs> yeah, like I wonder who's the first person to break that. I guess because I know no one who's running around kissing his ass is going to mention it. You know, <laughs> so Mr. King, that was brilliant. Uh, thanks. I thought the ending sucked. No, the ending was good. It was really good. I liked it. So, uh, what do you guys think about the way they de-aged the kids? Uh, unfortunately, I was I read about it before I watched it. Yeah, so- I saw a YouTube video that mentioned it before I watched it. Honestly, if I didn't know going in, I never would have known. I, I don't know, and I have no idea what you're talking about. They de-aged See? kids? See? Okay, so, yeah. No. Yeah, well, they how actually, much they... the kids have grown so much between the first oh. movie and the second yeah. movie that they digitally de-aged them for okay. this for this for their scenes in this movie and i honestly think you can't tell well good on them because you can't tell but i'll tell you what they didn't de-age him for stranger things and film wolfhart literally looks much older than that he looks like he's 16 years old yeah dude i'm like wow so that good on them then they fucking nailed it i had no idea yeah i really don't think you can tell if you didn't know i don't think you can tell can i be honest with you i just figured that they filmed those scenes um after the first one yeah yeah Yep. Oh, good. Well, I guess it worked then. Whoever did it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, Alex, what do you think? I mean, you said you knew about it going in as well, but had you not known, would you have would you have noticed something odd? I uh, it's hard to say what I would have done, but I definitely know I was distracted by staring at their faces, seeing if I could tell. That's, I did the same thing the whole time. I'm, like, trying to figure it out. Well, that's becoming a norm in Hollywood now, though. You get the Irishman coming out with Pacino and, and De Niro and Pesci, and they're de-aging all of them. And Oh, and, really? Yeah, and that's Scorsese, man. So it's it's definitely becoming a norm. It started with Star Wars. Not started with, but that was a oh, big one. Oh, when they one. popped her face on, yeah. With Rogue One and Peter Cushing, even. Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember Wait. that? But yeah. but but that was a little different. Avengers did it too. Remember when Robert Downey Jr. was watching his hologram of himself when he was younger? And also, yeah, dude. And, well, and Terminator. Was, Remember Terminator right. did it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but see, okay, with Schwarzenegger, they didn't nail it. They didn't have it just yet. With Rogue One, 
Um, they didn't quite, like, there was still something a little off. Now, I feel like, well, I guess the Peter Cushing thing wasn't de-aging. It was more of computer-generated. It just thing. popping faces over, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now I think that they can, they, they, it's pretty much unnoticeable for the most part. You know, if it's not perfect yet, it will be soon. You still have some uncanny valley there, but it's... Uh, right. That's working, what I was thinking. They're working it. through it. Yeah, just stop with the close-ups till you get it perfect, you know? Just yeah. stop. <laughs> so, like, um, did you guys see, like, these weird things they're doing, like, where they pop Jim Carrey's face over Jack Nicholson yes. in The Shining, and they pop Sylvester Stallone on Arnold Schwarzenegger's face in T2? Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that thinks the Jim Carrey one doesn't look any different? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I look at it, and honestly, it looks the same to me. Like, I, I can, I wouldn't, if you just showed that to me, I would think it was Jack Nicholson. Like, it's I, the same one. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, so, um, so back to It. What do you guys think of the way, you know, the biggest thing of the original It was people say, I loved it, I loved it. Second half, not as amazing, but still good, but that ending sucked. So, how do you guys feel that he decided to keep the spider ending, but also incorporate the clown with his body coming out of the spider's body and also making it far more exciting, action-packed, there's weight to it because the death, things like that. What do you guys think of that choice? Me, personally, I felt like that whole ending... It was weird. Um, I got this whole, you just mentioned the Avengers. I kind of got like an Avengers vibe. Like I felt like there was like a action battle thing going on. And did I love it? No. Um, but I mean, I, I think it was, uh, I think it was okay. It was like, where were they? In the sewer, in a cave or something like that. But it, yeah, it, it was okay. Um, I don't know how else you would end something like that. But as far as like bringing back the spider and all that, yeah, because that, I don't know. It just seems more plausible in this movie than, and then how it came off as ridiculously as it did in the nineties one, you know, like it just seemed like that's, Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty normal for what he, what he's been doing the rest of this movie. You know, I'm surprised he didn't get out and fucking run at him and start screaming at him. But, uh, I, but I, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a little over the top at the end with the action sequences. And I, he, all right. My, How about the actual ending with the bullying thing? Okay, that, all right. Ah, dude. I am, I, no. Dude. I am not okay with that. Cheesy as fuck, right? Like, that was just, so bad. I have okay. to say, yeah. That is, I have a question, though. Is that what they did in the original, like in the book? No. I would have to hope so, because otherwise, why would you do it? No, I think they did it because they. I think they did it to try and. It was stupid as fuck. And to, to try and get as far away from the TV version right. as they could. Right. I mean, to my now, honestly, I haven't read that book since I was. I think I was eleven when I read that book. So right. it's been a long time. If that was in there, I don't remember it. Well, and uh, yeah. I, I just. I don't think. I, I just don't feel like it would work even like it just seems it just seems so lame and um, anticlimactic, honestly. Like, like I just, who looked at that script and go, that's good. Let's use this. Right. right. Like who exactly. did that? You know, the, the insults weren't even that great. Like I could have came up. No. With shit. I mean, the man uh, as well have said your mom addresses you funny. <laughs> right. Your mom is so fast. She jumped. It got stuck in the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, really? Oh, boy, I'm dying. 
Yeah, it's, even his reaction, he was like, he was like cowering and stuff, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ! But but the thing is, it was so cheesy that he. Here's what I thought back to: Stephen King is pretty cheesy at times. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. If you read it, he's corny as fuck, and I think that people like to cherry pick what they like, you know, like characters of Stephen King and and identify with certain ones like, oh yeah, this this is my favorite. But in all of those, there's some really corny dialogue, there's some really cheesy setups, and I wouldn't put it past him if it if it was in the book, but I just think that um, you know, not everything that he writes is fucking pure gold as some people make it to be. Oh no. He has great broad strokes, but some of the fine tuning is just long. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. He, listen, he comes up with things I can never come up with. Right. But but yeah, sure. I mean, like, I mean, think think of him as like a a, a pitcher or a hitter in baseball. Or like, you can't hit every single fucking ball. Right. You know, you're gut, and and nobody ever takes that into account. I guess because there, maybe there are people who just do really perfect stuff. Even though you oh, you always seem to hear a, a complaint about something. You know, even like even like Halloween, like people Nick Bill, why why what's with the fun house thing at the end when she's walking through the bedroom and Right. Nothing's ever just perfect. Right. But, and and people don't take into account that when is anything perfect? Like they always expect perfection and it's like just like in baseball, the guy's just not gonna get he's not gonna hit every fucking ball. Michael Jordan's not gonna make every single shot. Uh, right, right. There's no difference here. You're there's always gonna be things that are just not that great. But then I guess we would all assume that somebody around them would say, Ooh Yeah, how about we change that? I think it would be better if this happened. I guess we always expect some consultation or something typically when that happens it ends up changing it for the worse like when the right. producers get involved and they don't know shit about actual what the fans actually want or like and they just sort of uh it's like you know you'll make a really or somebody will make a really quiet but effective creepy horror movie and then they'll come and they'll be like we need jump scares <laughs> you know right and it's like shut up you don't <laughs> you don't know what you're doing that's what's popular today <laughs> no, yeah, it's usually the people with the money that make the changes, and those people never know what they're doing. <laughs> right, but you exactly. would think he has confidants that he could talk to about that. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, not studios, but yeah. I think in terms of people, though, like, that, you know, obviously viewers that watch it or whatever, it's, it's one of two things, I think. It's either... Um, they just, oh, no, he's perfect, like, how dare you talk about Steve and they can't be critical about it. And if that's... If that's the case, then then whatever. Like that's that's not even like I can't even fucking talk to you about it because how can you not be critical of something like you have to be? Um, or they just don't know. Like they don't know that cheesy dialogue is in is in the book or whatever. So and like I said, they just take anything that he says as gospel, but they don't really know the minutia and they're not really hardcore Stephen King fans or whatever. Like I said, I'm not saying I am, but I can also point out cheesy ass fucking dialogue when I see it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh still good. Um it's not the end all be all. I mean, it probably made the money to be called that. It's probably the most successful horror movie both of them right in the last yeah oh yeah but he, here's what i love about it too though with this whole resurgence of stephen king stuff like I, you know we all knew this movie was coming out and you know i i've been talking about negatives throughout it um those are the things that detract from it but i really did the rest of it is all love those things that i love about it i i really do love you know i thought that um 
I thought that there was a lot of this movie where they really nailed and a lot of creepy ass fucking moments that I really think will will stand the test of time after all said and done, man. And like and, and you know, whether whether I'm absolutely in love with it or not, like this bad bitch is going on every October now, parts one and two. Like, it's just, it's kind of an event thing, and, and it's definitely fun, too, because, like, down the road when people, you know, don't really know about it and, and showing, like, younger audiences, it's just one of those movies. It's, it's, it's one of those almost palatable movies where you can introduce people to, to horror in a way where it's really good, it's high production, but it's not like, you know, Serbian film or something. Right. Well, good luck. Good luck having him sit in your house for six hours to watch it. That's true. Good point. <laughs> good point. Not only is it three hours, but there's two of these fucking things to watch. Don't you guys think though it's a good intro to horror type of movie? Yeah, especially if you don't know horror, then you might be you might not be immune to jump scares and roll your eyes or anything. So <laughs> you'll probably think, "Oh wow, holy shit! Yeah, this horror movie stuff is cool." You know, totally. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very digestible, I think, to horror and non-horror fans. Well, but I think the overall thing of this movie for me, though, personally, is I just I had a lot of fun with it. I know it's a long movie, but hey, I, I'll be honest with you, movie the movies these days, I've seen more movies well over two hours in the theaters, well over two hours than not. Yeah, yeah, people want more for their money lately. They're just becoming longer. Some of yeah. some movies, it they it kills them. Like you can tell. I gotta be honest with you though. For this, it didn't feel too long for me. And I know it's a no. long movie, but it didn't feel long. I, I don't I think it felt it. like three hours. I think it kind of right. flew by. You know, right. and that's. But what's funny is we've been watching um, this year is Haunted Halloween. You know, so we've been watching Haunted House movies all October, and the, it is incredible to me how many of them are two hours plus. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're watching some long ass movies. But if they're good movies, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me. I'll I'll sit through a four hour movie if I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's like watching a few episodes of a TV show in a row. Exactly. Or two. If I if it's a really good movie, it's like watching two really good movies back to back. Right. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Jamie, did you see Hot? No, not yet. Uh, That's a really good one, too. Um, Yeah, there's been a there's been a bunch of movies coming out like that too that have been under my radar that just uh especially haunted house movies um hellfest was another one that was fucking amazing oh hellfest i love it's so much you know what's really good house you ever see house (laughs) (laughs) actually alex you be you be uh happy man we i will be reviewing that on cut to the chase soon for uh 30 days yeah man no surely i'll be there right uh absolutely you will and don't call me surely Yes. Well, I do want to say, by the way, about Cuts of the Chase, you and Lacey did a fucking phenomenal review. Like, if you thought that we half-assed it just now because we this show is too long, if you want a real full it review, listen to the Cuts of the Chase one. It's called We All Float or something like that. Yeah, man. Right? Yep. It is a perfect review because, like, you guys just flew through everything that I felt was an essential topic and and you really expanded on it and like laid it out there in such a, a comprehensive way and you kind of said almost everything I was thinking without even realizing I thought it because I some things 
you know, they just go by in a movie and, like, you don't really ponder it because you're on to the next scene. And then, man, like, yeah, you man. just – you knew what to pick out, dude. It was just so good. Thank you so much for saying that, man. You had said that um, a couple days to me too, and that means a lot. Uh, Jamie said that too about uh, just just my show in general and how, how much better it's gotten. And it means a lot to me because I've never – I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough thing to do. I think that what you do, Alex, with with hosting and moving things along. But I also kind of um, I learn from the best. So when I do it now, it's kind of like on autopilot. We just go, and I have to attribute it to to you guys because like I, I just I feed off you guys, and it's like it, it's just I I feel like when I'm in it with you guys, we're all fucking in it, and we're all flowing together, whether we agree, disagree, or whatever. And it seems it seems to carry over to that show because because I just get in that zone and it's easy to get in and out of because we've done the crew all these years, you know, so thanks, man. Fuck yeah, man. I mean, shit. I owe that that show hands down to you guys 100 percent because obviously it wouldn't be a thing without you guys, obviously, you know. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like what your music choices, too, are so on point for that show yeah i I just i get so giddy every time (laughs) because you just you pick some phenomenal music it's so good so much better than anything i ever picked no (laughs) people are like what the fuck is this well it's funny that you say that because there will be a horror hits episode of cut to the chase uh starring all everybody here so that should be dropping right around the time that this does so look out for that Oh, good. Competition. Great. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, right. Thanks, man. No <laughs> Anytime. I'll do it next year, too. But no, man, thank you very much, though. I appreciate that. Like and, and like you said, too, right when it came out, we all of us, we kind of missed the opportunity because of people seeing it at different times and stuff like that. But it's times like that where I'm watching it and it's like, oh, fuck, like I miss doing the crew, you know? So it's uh, but but at the same time, like. It just brings it back that nostalgia feeling in a way that I have with the crew now that I just know, like, oh, it'd be so fun to talk about. We, I'll bet you we would talk about this for hours, you know? Yeah. Well, we have talked for hours, and <laughs> that was it, man. This was our Halloween show for 2019. Woo! <laughs> um, we're thinking and contemplating of not waiting an entire year every time. Ooh, say what? Yeah, listen, we totally have our plates full with Married with Children, but we have a couple ideas of how to alleviate some of the pressures and free up some time to maybe hop back in the dungeon throughout the year. So this is no guarantee or anything, but I think it's a really good possibility. So I'm just putting it out there. Let's put it this way. If there's something out there that's worth talking about, which we have we have a feeling that might happen a few times, um, if it's good, we will be back. <laughs> yeah, even if we just do a show where it's like 90 minutes of just a movie. Right, right. Even exactly. things like that. Yep, totally. Check out Dan on Cut to the Chase. And Jamie Liken it is back, your werewolf yes. podcast. Yes, it is. Full force. Just did Silver Bullet. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Amazing. And ABCs of Hidden Horror. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Married with Children podcast. <laughs> you just fucking had to, didn't you? Gonna keep saying that. <laughs> That's where you get all three of us. So, right? Anytime you want. 
Exactly. Hey, I just want to say to you before we go that this was so much fucking fun, and I'm so happy that we got together for this Halloween special, guys. Me too. Yeah. I have been looking so much forward to this, so Fuck I was really yes. excited. Fuck yes. And thank you, everyone, for, for keeping up with us. We still get feedback on the, on the fucking Facebook page to this day. Uh, shit, I saw Ken posting in there today. So it's good that the uh, Facebook page is still active. Keep oh, keep yeah. going with that. I, I love seeing I let You know what, what is heartwarming to me is seeing people still listening to the old episodes. Yes. Yes. And it's like, yes. well, here I am again. It's October again. Time for me to listen to this episode. I'm like, that is so amazing to I me. Know, right? So, special yep yeah like right now steven scott's bla- our mayor with children uh, listener is blasting through all the skeleton crews he's doing the nightmare on elm streets right now it's like it's just amazing to hear people like just randomly go oh dude that fucking evil dead retrospective was like another fucking <laughs> world man like somebody wrote to me and said that retro was like being on a, in some trippy world He's, and he said one of the parts where you just trip off into some imaginary place is when you guys are diving into Dan hearing laughing for a year or something like that. <laughs> he said every he heard laughing when he was like taking a piss or something. He would hear laughing in his ears. And I said, did he look down first? <laughs> I said, maybe that was your brain laughing at you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is whenever anybody references anything old like that, I have to that I'm like, damn it now. I got to go back and listen to the show because right. I don't remember what I don't I remember. Said. Right. I know <laughs> that happens. Or I do remember, but I'm like, wait, what part in the show was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we had some old shows where we went deep, man. And like we dove into things and just like got so invested. Like I lived a lot of those movies through those reviews, man. It was crazy. Absolutely. Well, dude, everything in my life now is all started and and is based off of podcast stuff like i never really realized it until now but it's all the good shit too it's all the best stuff so like i don't know man like i i owe so much to this show to you guys and i just want to tell you how much how thankful i am that we're still doing this shit even if it is once a year it's still as fun as ever and you guys are the fucking best and i love fucking you guys you too man i really love fucking you (laughs) All right, well, happy Halloween. Hope you like the show, and let's hope something drops at least every season. Yes. Yeah. Happy Halloween, guys. Thanks so much for coming back. Love you.